And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benham. I'm JP. And I'm Matty. <laughs> you forgot your eye there, You're getting your props ready too much. <laughs> there they are. But, uh, for they all the ready, listeners, to Matty, ready to go. Matty's got a CM Punk Best in the World DVD. Nice big bottle of Pepsi. Uh, Pepsi Matt, is that, a, is that who we are now? Is that where, where, <laughs> we've, uh, where we've moved to? Lucky it was in the fridge on the weekend, mate, because that's the full fat stuff and the full sugar stuff, so it's not mine. But I thought I'll be using that. <laughs> you, can't, you can't be drinking that, mate. You're going to oh, go, no, go in an awful, Jamie. wicked, bad way. <laughs> oh, for, for anyone uh, tuning in who's not been in the Discord today, which has uh, been uh, very lively, in the WWE section, unbelievably, Matty. Um, just rename it the, uh, the CM Punk section, I think, at, uh, well, that's at this it. point. But, like... <laughs> the only reason always... it's getting, you know, hit yeah. in there, like, isn't it? I think we've all switched sides uh, multiple times uh, over this weekend. Uh, I don't know whether I'm a WWE loyalist and AEW loyalist. Uh, pre-show listeners will have seen me in the, the AEW hat with the AEW flag going. I might, might lend them to, I don't know if she'll lend them to you now. I don't know. Have you switched sides with, uh, with Punk coming over? I don't, uh, don't know where we all are, mate. It's going to be a, a, an interesting show. Brian Danielson's a heel. Apparently, he's a narc. Uh, CM Punk works for, works for the Fed again. <laughs> where are we? Is this bizarre world? I don't know, mate. I don't know what's going on. Stuff seems to be breaking every sort of 15 seconds and it's gone absolutely batshit. I think I should just do what I've always kind of been and just say Team TNA, for better or for worse. I know where I stand with that, maybe, than, than ever thinking of switching sides. But yeah, what a, what a, I say a mental weekend, just with all of the other various news coming out and just sort of various wacky forms. Just what a, what a, what a wild weekend. What tells you everything is that we are, and I know we're, traditionally a monday podcast sometimes we're a tuesday podcast maybe more often than not um these days schedules and stuff like that but like i've been saying jp for almost five years now we have been a monday night podcast with occasional tuesdays um and i don't think we've ever ever had the conversation where one of us has gone probably for tuesday you know raw's on tonight like that is literally the conversation we no. had this week I, if i seem like i'm knackered it's because i am stayed until fucking four in the morning watching raw and then i couldn't sleep afterwards because of the fucking discourse and uh and everything going on i was waking up in the night matty about half five just adding on to conversations going on in the air uh, on the discord it's been uh, a <laughs> you're, you're just sitting gloating mate monday night raw ah. the a show once again um and then to be fair we all learned no it's fucking not um but oh, I mean, we'll go into that what we but better just your absolute loyalty to cm punk though i just it can never be denied mate ever though to be fair to you it can never be <laughs> questioned kind of jp ever maybe after this show mate we'll see <laughs> 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 I think this is this is, I I was wondering is this going to be the straw that breaks uh, the, the straw that breaks the camel's back for Beno here is is, is this going to be is this going to be we start talking about raw and the rest of it but yeah early show title there with Pepsi Matt being chucked into into the mix but I know yeah. I know you didn't Matty watch won. the other three hour raw JP those are those 15 minute or 20 minute highlight videos they throw on the YouTube. Oh, he's loving that, Ben. Oh, JP's loving that. <laughs> you're following going forwards. Um, you get all you the, the good at that, you get all the important stuff, and then you move on. Mm. It's like the old 
remember the old Hulu editor roar? I used to enjoy that. It was fun playing politics. Like, who's getting like there'd be like a big yeah. fucking kickoff because Dolph Ziggler was left off the Hulu version or whatever. I used to uh, <laughs> enjoy that little 90 minute uh, condensed version. Um, yeah, learn to lesson last night, JP. Don't stay up for Monday Night Raw, um, even if CM Punk's on it. I tried, so I tried to put it on, and then when I did, it was like all of a sudden, I like. I like looked at it and I went, I can't watch this. This is this is unwatchable, and I skipped through it. And then I I had to go to work. And then I, and then when you sent me through that clip, and it was like on my lunch break, and I was doing some work, and I was like, Yeah, I can have this on. And I was just sat there, and I had my head in my hands. At one point, I went, I'm bored of this. Imagine three <laughs> hours of it, like each and every fucking week as well. <laughs> Awful. The the TV still shit. I'm I'm safe safe in the knowledge of that. I mean, it's a regular week for you, and it matter, you know. Raw on a Monday, three hours. NXT on a Tuesday, you know. Smackdown <laughs> on a Friday. Uh, whatever two hundred five live is called now. Um, whatever the fuck they call that no, show, I'm sure you're watching it all, aren't you? You see, this is it. You try and put this on me, and I always have to defend myself. Like, don't get it twisted, Ben. I'm like, Raw three hours isn't for me. I'm I'm pretty much with you. I like the ninety minutes, the big stuff. You know what I mean? Which we'll go into in a bit. But, like, mm. there is still a lot of fucking shite on there. Even I'll admit that. Bloody hell. It's, I'm a more of a Smackdown on Fox, guys. I told you today. You know what I mean? Fuck. I'm more of a Rampage guy at this point, mate. It's an hour <laughs> and done. In and out. Um, <laughs> but I suppose we dived into it already. We might as well carry on the uh, tradition of the hot starts. JP, it's funny. We were, uh, we were doing our schedule for the Christmas month, which is going to be fucking packed. And we supposed to... Uh, come out later on in the show and then we were like well at least the end of December we were right nope there's world's ends like oh the week after that maybe we can just take it easy nope Wrestle Kingdom um feels like these last three weeks you know state of AW into an uh an AW full gear review into us what we thought was going to be a survivor series review tonight but instead where we have to talk about the uh the big subject which is um CM Punk and the only one I suppose we'll have to just go through it chronologically everything that's happened since we uh since we last recorded um because I, I, I won't, uh, won't make a sad Aged well the weekend it. show, didn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish I'd stuck to my guns because I was convinced he was uh, he was coming back at one point. But yeah, they beat me down the uh, the news reporters. But like, honestly, like I didn't. Sunday night was just I was watching Survivor Series. We're probably going to spend about ten minutes on it later, Matty. I apologize, um, but there's not that much to really go into. I was I said it on the uh, on the Monday update, which is uh, free on the Patreon now for uh, anyone who wants to listen. I was like, oh well, this is like you know pretty much a mid to the pay per view. Looking forward to arguing with Matty on Tuesday. We're probably going to go back and forth about it. I'm going to say nothing happened, and Matty's going to say, well, Randy Orton came back, and we're going to probably go back and forth. Like I, I I'll tell you this, Matty, the first time in my life I fell for the fucking end credit thing coming up, um, the, the bumper thing, uh, sting yeah. there. Triple H is isn't it? I was collecting me, like, stuff together, like, me food and me drink and stuff like that, just ready to, like, to hop over to bed and then, yeah, um, cult of personality hit and the rest was uh, was history. As uh, Punk came out, I shouted the uh, the roof off, did uh, did make it a... Uh, <laughs> I was uh, standing and pacing in my den, um, to quote uh, another great man, and, uh, yeah, I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> made a made a bit of a racket, mate, as uh, as Punk came out to uh, the newfangled version, the shitter version that people probably would have heard in the uh, in the intro here if we get it past the uh, the copyright people of uh, of cult of personality. So that's where I was. Got lots of uh, lots to say about it. But when did you uh, learn of this, Matty? Um, and we'll go to you as well, JP. What uh, what happened? When was uh, 
Did you wake up on a on Monday morning? Uh, spoiler free to throw a Survivor Series on. Did you stay up in the end? I know you were planning. No, on, uh, didn't. Stay up for this. Sunday morning, Ben. It's a Saturday PLE. Let, let's go. Let's go. Oh, there. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. So it's it, it's yeah, of course. <laughs> Thank it's God. Sun, it, it's Sunday morning. Yeah, JP, it is. That's that's no. I agree. Saturday night pay per views. Well, sorry, PLEs are the way forward. But yeah, the yeah, day that woke up on Sunday, threw it on early. And yeah, I mean, I was like going ballistic when Randy Orton came out because he got a great pop, he, you know, which we'll go into a little bit. I love that main event, love the last five minutes, especially the RKO. And like yourself, Ben, I was just like, off sound that, happy with that main event, happy Orton's back. And then when that hit, I mean, I went bananas. I was punching the air, celebrating like, like Liverpool really? scored. Oh, no, yeah, there. of course, course it was. Because it was like, I was just, because as you say, we all, we all, all three of us thought, like, by WrestleMania, he was going to come back eventually, make an appearance. But as you said, we'd been reading everything in the week before, and I convinced myself, nah, it's not happening. So it was just the shock value, and it's still surreal. Now, just seeing the graphics, the picture behind JP, CM Punk on Raw tonight, the YouTube thumbnail, it's just, like when Cody come back, it's surreal, and it'll take, like, a month or two till it becomes normal again. You'll probably say it's normal already after the uh, promo on Raw, but no, I just think it's... it's Bizarre, love it though. First, my first comment, and we'll get into the obviously the raw stuff. But let's let's ho- let's hover on the feel good zone, which was uh, Survivor Series. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did question that haircut and those uh, those blue jeans. You did. Put you look right well. I thought you looked great. You know, seriously, you look you look very, very well. well. Yeah, I was thinking that because he almost look. He looks kind of slight in the AW verse, and now he's in the yeah. and all of a sudden he looks big. I guess we've not seen him next to anyone, so that's probably the. Uh, the difference, isn't it? But yeah, I agree. JP did, and he looked. That's the thing. He goes away for like a week, gets a new haircut, comes back, and he's fucking looking healthy again. We've seen it over and over again. Like with maybe apart from the collision return, where he looked, he didn't look the uh, yeah. the best when he uh, when he first came back. Like what the fuck's going on? He's not. He's not in the same doctor as Randy Orton. We know that. Um, oh. but yeah. Phil was looking well. Were you spoiled, he JP? Steak, hasn't he? Randy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he ate the old Randy Orton is what he fucking did. Yeah, yeah, Mark Ginger and uh, the rest of the. Uh, he looked like your man from one of the Fantastic Four, didn't he? We were like fucking gigantic. He was looking well. Oh, what was your uh, exposure, JP? Was it Monday morning? So, uh, Sunday morning. Keep saying Sunday morning, and I had it mm. spoiled. Like it was one of these things where <laughs> it was just a notification. From Fightful oh. Select, and I just saw the words. I saw CM, but and I was like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" And I was like, "Okay, all right." So, so I know he's going to be there, so I have to watch this show. And the thing was, you know, to go behind the curtain, we were recording the Survivor Series mixtape, which I needed to watch as well. So I thought, "Oh shit, I'm going to have to like <laughs> watch this." But I need to see how this happens. So I, w- I watched all of Survivor Series on the Sunday morning, and I was. Mm. So I knew it was going to happen. It was how it was going to happen. And for a while, I thought, did he fucking wrestle? Did they just do some bait and switch with Randy Orton? And he came in and wrestled, which would be be pretty mad. And it would be like a, what an extensive way to debut him. But then I saw it. So I wasn't surprised. I think, and I don't want to jump too far ahead because we're going to get to it. But then I, I was surprised by the promo and not in a good way at all. But in, mm. in terms of the, the reaction and, and everything else, I mean... I just found myself laughing, just the the idea of it all. Like it, it just feels so incredible. And I won't lie; I did think I was like, "Oh my god, we can't get away from this bloke. We cannot get away from him <laughs> whatsoever." He is. You and I feel that way. <laughs> he's a permanent fixture in my life. Is Phil? He just keeps on diving back <laughs> in. Oh. Like those, you know, as far as like dominating fucking like the news, like discourse and everything. Like that's the thing. Randy Orton will be fuming. 
Because like that oh, was yeah. my my first reaction. Obviously, it was just like obviously everyone knows now the Seth Rollins thing was uh, was very much aware, but he did a decent enough job of uh, pretending he was uh, he yeah. was really mad. Apart from the fact that it was Michael Cole that was holding him back, uh, yeah. that maybe gave it away a little bit. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but like that, and obviously the Drew stuff, and obviously we subsequently found out that uh, you know apparently uh, the two of them weren't happy, and then and then we know for certain the uh, the set things are is very much aware, even if they're the building in some real life feelings. But the Drew one, maybe there's something in the middle. Maybe I'm buying into the uh, the budget diesel thing. But that was my first reaction. It was just like I hope they fucking told these lads in the main events, like poor fucking Randy Orton getting his <laughs> his big return uh, upstage. But obviously we did subsequently find out that uh, Triple H are there. Pulled people aside and uh, and told them and yeah we had the uh, the fun little uh, period before we get to the promo JP where we did and did get to enjoy you know Triple H doing his uh, his presser in which he very strangely didn't really compliment Punk at all just kind of was like you know well the fans wanted it so um, we did it which is Triple H's entire motto these days and it's always been his motto since he took over NXT I'll always say it like he is fucking scarred from being like the internet hate figure. For like 20 years, he's like Jeff. He was like, we always talk about him and Jeff Jarrett in the early 2000s. Like, he's just always on a mission to get that bouquet of roses from uh, from Reddit with a W um, <laughs> as, as, in any way he can. And this is another one of those things. And that's the thing we've been saying about, you know, through the in general, Matty. It's, you know, they have baby faced themselves a promotion as a promotion. Yeah. That is part of the Triple H strategy. You know, we saw all the baby faces in the main events of, uh, of Survivor City. So, this was another step in that direction, um, but it's also a completely different uh, WWE that uh, the Punk uh, walks into. And yeah, of course, we found out that uh, it looks like it's a multi-year deal, which we can uh, we can get into. Um, we also, uh, like I say, had the uh, the Monday's worth of uh, anticipation into Monday Night Raw, and uh, what's he gonna say? How are they gonna uh, put the best foot forward with uh, with this version of uh, of CM Punk in uh, in WWE and? It'd be shit the bed, lads, to be honest. Like, I am, um, I don't want to sit here and say this, but like, I think it's got to be said. Um, I don't, I think they got Sunday relatively no perfect. I saw a bit of complaining about like, oh, you know, they could have had to do something, interact with somebody, you know, they, they cut it off a little bit early. Maybe they could have caught them, you know, doing the whole sitting on the ground thing and stuff like that and kept the camera running just that little bit longer. Um, but all, all in all, that was great, and you know, the putting over the uh, the social media views and all of that stuff, and it's you know, it's going to be interesting to see if uh, punks uh, do, how far the punks uh, return to do the eclipses uh, return to AEW. But to get into the promo, JP, it's got to be said, like, was it a rerun? Like, what was it? <laughs> like, I, I just. I've got so many thoughts on this one. Like, I could run an hour. Probably uh, <laughs> thoughts on this one. I thought, I just thought it was we. I thought it was unconvincing. I thought, like, it was funny because we did spend the Monday and there were whisp- Chinese whispers going around. I heard some of these whispers. Oh, you won't believe what Punk's going to say about uh, AEW and Tony Khan. Like, he's, you know, I think I was told outright scorched earth, I think was the, uh, was the quote. So there's an element of that where it's like, you know, obviously that probably wouldn't be the advisable route, but it would have been fucking entertaining um, <laughs> if it came. Um, but obviously we didn't go that route and we, we got a a definitely more uh, professional there, CM Punk. But for me, JP, the content wasn't there. The delivery wasn't there. He looked dead behind the eyes. I I don't know if I'm the first person to make this comparison. I'm sure a number of people have. 
But like my first thing that I put on Twitter was just a picture of Bret Hart in WCW because that's what he looked like. And when we did the Bret show, and it was like you know he comes out in his fucking blue t shirt and his leather jacket <laughs> and his shit sunnies, and you just it's written all over his face like this creative sucks. This company's not what I thought it was going to be. Fucking get me out of here! Like yeah. it was almost like that. And he just yeah, like I say, CM Punk's a person who's built his brand JP on you know. Whether you want to say integrity or not, I'm not sure over there. A lot of the uh, the punk stories, um, but you know, a a believability factor. Yeah, I believe a word he said, and it propagated me the, the, the you know, despite my misgivings about the punk rock uh, guy who says a lot of things, Saudi blood money, and you know, all kinds of you know human rights and stuff like that. Him going back to WWE was bad enough, but I think I managed to convince myself. Oh well, I'm gonna get more CM Punk. So fuck it, it's great. And I walked out of Raw just. Much less excited than just like, oh fuck, is this a man here to cash checks? Because it very much feels like it. And yeah, I can't believe that's the starting point, JP. We can get into obviously the wider implications of him in WWE and whether it was a, a good idea, but I think we've got to start there. Yeah, it was shit. I think there's no other word for it. It was shit. It was a shit promo. Like, and it wasn't like they started off the show hot. They waited till the end of hour three. When I'm assuming, having not watched a, an episode of Raw for years, they're knackered at the best of times. So they came out and it felt dead, like in terms of the atmosphere. And it was just the most going through the motions kind of promo. Because I was just trying to think, what did he actually say? And it was and it was almost like there was a discourse as well that then followed it, where people were wanting to read too much into it and go, no, actually, it's not that complex. You're looking for hidden meaning in a Dolph Lundgren film here, lads. This is this is just <laughs> shit delivery. It's just shit content. There is no deeper meaning. He might as well just say, I'm here for the money. And then bye-bye. And then just Basically like walk did. off. Yeah. At the end, he got off, off the mic, didn't he? Yeah. I'd appreciate But yeah, it was... The thing about it is this version of CM Punk is the least appealing. Surely, like, if it, it felt scripted or it just felt some completely non like nondescript there was zero f- just a complete lack of fire which is weird it's weird don't get me wrong i know like some of his like collision promos and stuff like that but it was like he at least had like the creative reins and it feels very clear like he is not i don't know this is me kind of hypothesizing stuff and i'm sure we're going to get into this a lot more in terms of why it was that bad and there's a part of me thinking of him sort of going i'm gonna have to go along with what they say for a bit and that's how it came across. Someone is like, yeah, I'm going to have to go along with this because I can't really piss them off because where else am I going to be able to go? There'll always be impact, but that, or TNA, but that will always end up feeling like a kind of, everywhere else will be a kind of like a step down. And this is my last chance to kind of do things on a, on a really big yeah. stage. So he's going to, he felt like he had to eat shit and he looked like a man who'd been forced to eat shit. And, you know, and he, and he hated it. And I fucking hated it. It was awful. And it was like, tell me if I'm telling lies. Is, is like, And I was like, you're telling lies, mate. Yeah, you are. <laughs> See now, now you are telling lies and everything you say about wanting to be there and you're that's, back home. That's the issue a lot. And it's like, you know, how could he have sold this? Because we all know why he's there. He's there because that's his option. He's there because he blew up the bridge with AW. Maybe on purpose in some ways. We've probably got an element of that story to talk about later. Definitely. But you know, it's not a happy story. You know, this isn't as like return to rest. So it was, it was always going to be difficult to frame it, especially with all the fucking things he said about WWE over the last couple of years, or really over the last decade or so, to thread that through line. 
and it was always going to be an uphill battle. But I just think a lot of the things people are saying are just excuses. Um, I know Dan doesn't mean it this way in the chat. You know, he says there, tell me if I'm reading lines, which is a, a funny line. But I've heard a lot of people go, well, you know, it's a scripted promos. And I was going, I don't think it was scripted. I, I imagine it was, you know, cleared. <laughs> I imagine he had to tell someone what he was going to say. But, like, it felt like some of those bad collision promos because they weren't all great. And some of those collision promos mm. got very rambly and very, like, he'd lost his train of thought. There were little moments like that in there for a very short promo, by the way. And um, we'll get into why it was so short in a bit as well. Yeah. But, like, I don't think it was scripted whatsoever. Um, yet maybe there's, like, you know, lawyers involved as to what he could say and what he couldn't say. But, like, I just think, I don't know what your take is going to be on it, Matthew. But for me, like, there was nothing you would expect one of the greatest talkers of all time in wrestling. To have at least a couple of quotable lines in there, he didn't really. Um, to have a couple of memorable lines in there, he didn't really. And yeah, I just think even if you want to say, like, oh, we you know, we should have gone out, but he can't go out there and just break kayfabe and break the fourth wall and all that stuff, even with those caveats, like this wasn't by CM Punk standards. Again, he's one of the greatest talkers of all time, so, so it can only be so bad, but it was on the lower end of one of his promos. Like, there's a million ways I think this promo could have gone better matter i know you've been kind of sitting back in there laughing at the the discourse on it but like i mean this wasn't one of phil's best no i mean and i kind of agree with what you've said what jp said with a bit of the discourse read i'm still you know it's like i'm getting hung drawn and quarter because there's so much like you're saying there it's like yeah it was correspondent mate you've got to defend no i'm just saying it wasn't his best promo by any stretch, of course, it's not because of what you just said. He's not allowed to say stuff. You don't want to, you know, in an ideal world, we'd want him to come in and hotshot this Seth Rollins and you're this and people having a go. It's just not like that anymore. And people understand that. Everyone understands it's not going to be like that in WWE. I don't think it's as bad, though, as the way people are going on. I don't think it was yeah, the worst I've ever did. You know, what I'm, I, I, I've, I've seen that a lot, that it's like, you know, But it's like he was, and I know you might like this, he'd get a few lines in there, like what he used to say in WWE, like the voice of the voiceless. He referred to the pipe bomb thing with like, I'm the best in the ring, on the you know, on the mic, on the comments. So we got all that type of thing in, even with his like little uh, side entrance titans on. It was all the gimmicks he had in WWE. So, but I understand that, Benno, from especially someone like yourself, who's a big, big, big follower of CM Punk, that like it's going to be so different seeing him back there. So, as I say, I'm a bit all over with it, but I don't think it's as bad, ultimately, as the way people are reacting. So I hope that made a bit of sense there. No, no, it does. And, you know, there's the other side of it where, like, JP alluded to, like, people are going full meta with it, with, like, you know, he was purposely trying to, like, you know, sync the promo as that's how he's going to get to his enemies and stuff like that. And, like, there's a petty part of Punk that absolutely would probably love the idea that he spent the entire day worrying AEW and worrying Tony Khan and then actually didn't say anything. So I can buy that. But I just think even because that's the thing here, like as people who follow AEW, like we've heard this all before because that's why it felt like a rerun because he had to say a lot of the same things he said in his AEW like returns, but with a lot less conviction and a lot less, like you said, JP, believability behind it because you don't really believe he sees WWE as home. You don't really believe, like, you know, a lot of the things he's saying about the fans and stuff like that. Have you really been chatting to CM Punk? Not for a few years, to be honest. That sounds like the AEW fan base, not the, uh, not the WWE yeah. fan base. But I think even allowing for those restrictions, Matty, because I don't think you're, you're far off the mark when it comes to maybe some of the more extreme reactions. But even with those restrictions, like, 
and I don't again, I don't buy the punk had the day to come up with this promo. Like on th- things that I've heard, like I think this was you know in the works for a while, and he, based mm. on report we're seeing today, was the one who wanted to come back. So like he knew this was coming at some point, or at least wanted this to come to fruition at some point. But like even if he'd gone out there, like I'm fucking nobody. But like remembers cauliflower Alley pro, pro- cauliflower yeah. Alley promo when he went in the Hall of Fame and he was sucking up to WWE. Just say some of that. Like, you know, this story about how, you know, you don't have to go into all the indies and what you got up to with the Gold Bomb Mafia and all that stuff. But, like, the, the, the basic gist of that story was that he worked so hard to get to WWE and then he didn't fit and then he got in and then he managed to get over and be a big star and you could tell all that and make WWE, like, seem like like he did in that promo because it was, like, the weekend after Wembley and he acted like Wembley didn't happen. But the biggest achievement he ever got in his career was winning the ECW title um, and the WWE, you know what I mean? But, like, he yeah. could do that and he could tell that story and he could put over the company as, like, you know, this is the number one wrestling company in the world. You don't have to say the words AEW, but you can put over the fact that that's, that is true. You know, a lot of, like, to my point before, a lot of these WWE fans haven't seen this AEW material. You know, you can put that over. You know, you can put over... The guys that are there, you know, we didn't even do that. You know, the token, oh, you know, there's a locker room full of hungry talent. Fucking just names of people, Cody, Gunther. You know, the list isn't that long. We'll get into like the possible three matches in the day. <laughs> but there's names you can say, and you can use that, and you can say that, and you can talk, you know, even just go into like the the strife of having because that's the thing. If you're a WWE fan and you haven't been paying too much attention to AEW and his story dropped off in 2014 when he left, and now he's coming back here tell that story too you know he left he left under you know he could tell that you know it wasn't a great situation you know i had a lot of issues at the time with the company and stuff like that and there's been a lot of you know stuff that's happened over the years that made me not want to come back and now i'm facing my demons and i'm coming back and i'm going to get back to the top of the number one wrestling company in the world like imagine cm punk saying that not just me this scout snobhead on a podcast like that's all good (laughs) material no none of it none of it Maybe I am biting a bit, like you're saying. Maybe I'm not reading into it so much, but maybe I am biting in a bit that this will, and I'm not saying the the infamous lines and let it play out, Benno. But with Seth earlier on, maybe I'm looking into it watching the show. Seth saying he's a hypocrite on actually on Raw and then Punk coming out doing all this, which JP said, and he's right. He's got to eat a bit of shit, though, hasn't he, for all the stuff he has said over the years. It was like him eating a lot of shit. But he is sucking up, I'm home, and this, that, and the other, which does lean into the Seth feud a bit, where Seth can say, well, you're out of here, and then it can carry on. So maybe I am biting there, I don't know. But I don't know, I just, say what I said before, I just don't think it's, it's as bad as people go on. But like, diehard fans like yourself, I do get why. You, you only get one way. chance, though. I mean, I know what we're saying in the chat here, JP, you know, it's... You know, it's a third, fourth, whatever number return like this. So, yeah. of course, we've got to be diminishing returns. But there's still only one time he gets to stand in a mic for the first time in 10 years in WWE. And I think, I just, for me, it didn't live up to those that stage. And it yeah. didn't live up to the build-up for that. And presumably, we're not going to get the rating until tomorrow. Um, but the, the rating, um, you know, the amount of people are probably tuned in for this. It should have been exciting. And it, was, it just wasn't exciting. And it felt dull. And you thought, oh, it will set up like something in the future for what to do because let's face it he might be around for a good time but he won't be around for a long time will phil won't that's he it. that's what he's like so you kind of yeah. Yeah. So you, remember we had that on collision he's gonna yeah. stand here in six months good luck lads <laughs> and you want it to be you want it to be like the kind of look like the drawer and stuff don't you and you want to kind of go in there and i think you know you even could have just gone in and turned him heel my god they you know they could do with some more heels, couldn't they, as much as anything else? I know it'd be a difficult thing necessarily to do straight away, but at least something 
Because I think mm. that's the that's the problem I ultimately have with the program is a whole lot of nothing. Again, just trying to really think about like what was the substance of what he spoke about, and there really wasn't anything there. And so it was like, right, and what's the status? Is he going to be on every week? Which that's the other thing as well. When we find out what are the terms of the contract, is this like a a more of a part time deal? Because if he's on the road, I just you know we'll talk. About he might be on it next week, well. might he? I don't, no yeah. one's even mentioned that he might not even be on for a few weeks now. You know, yeah. Mm. And what's planned? We're just going to have him in the. That eventually he's going to be announced for the Rumble or something along those lines. Presumably, you just would have, yeah. yeah. Him and Chef at the Rumble, I think. I you just think wanted to go. You just wanted them to go somewhere with it on that night. Okay, this is the direction we've got CM Punk in. But in essence, what did he do? He didn't really do a whole lot than what he did at Survivor Series, which was come out and kind of like thank fans and then piss off again. Like it was just a variation on that, wasn't it? And that's the and that's the problem. Is it's like no, you need to get kind of motoring with this because strike while the iron is hot and it feels as a company like you're like oh, okay we're putting the squeeze on our competition here and we've we've managed to, to have this situation and instead it just weirdly for them in this period of time where they feel like they've known how to capitalize on things doesn't feel like they've capitalized on it it felt like i would say you were probably smiling Matt, because it did feel like a up until the promo, to be honest, which has diluted it a lot. It felt like a big win for WWE and a massive, another massive L for Tony Khan. It felt like another, like, you know, oh, they lost Cody, they lost Jade. Now, you know, obviously the punk situation happened and, you know, we can all sympathise with why decisions were yeah, made. and with but, them not doing you know, well overall, yeah. Yeah, it's the momentum thing, isn't it? Yeah. And it felt like WWE had the momentum. And then the promo kind of, like, soured things. But to talk about, like, that broad strokes thing, like, you must have been smiling at the fact that, like, this was, you know, a win for the WWE in a, in some ways, or is it? Like, you, you, is it a decision you would yeah. have made? Like, that, it's a hot company yeah. already. A lot of hot baby faces. Did they need to do it? Like, that's a I don't know. Maybe I'm not best place to answer that because I'm always going to say, of course, CM Punk. I, want, I just want to see CM Punk wrestle some more. Even if only last till Royal Rumble, I'll take it. Um, but like, you know, as a hardcore WWE fan, like, you can get into whether it was worth it for, for Punk. Maybe I'll go to you next on that, JP. But for for WWE, is is this is the juice worth the squeeze here? Is it worth the the risk of another uh, you know AEW happening here? But that's always going to be the, the thing with Punk, isn't it? Like, that's always going to be the question, how long will it last? But from the reports you hear, he was on his best behaviour, he was taking pictures, hugging everyone. So, you know, we don't know how long that's going to last. Familiar. <laughs> yeah. No, it is great, but, but it is for me, it's like, I even melt, once again, I'm agreeing with fucking melting here, Benno. It's like, <laughs> it is the biggest star AEW's ever had. It is. So to take them, like you said, is another, like, punching the gut to AEW. And I read reports there that he's top of the WWE merch sales and he's in like the top two of AEW still. So it's like, That's that again. just shows you. So that overall, it's worth it for me. Like if I'm a wrestler backstage, you know, with Seth and Cody and that, he might, they'll be thinking, is he going to come in and cause trouble? He's got to earn that trust, which I'm sure hopefully for everyone's sake and the company's sake, he'll be fine. So that's always going to be the case. But just literally to, having CM Punk back, which we didn't think it ever happened in WWE, Fucking all day long and have back. Too right. It's too good not to, I think, JF. It's the gamble in mm. it, but I think the gamble's worth it. Plus, you know, there is the, you know, to the punk side, JP, that like, I, I do think from the things I've heard, he is going to be on best behavior. He's, he's going to try to be because, like, he fucked his AW chance. Not that there's no chance he could ever go back. We'll be having this conversation again in two years when he does <laughs> yeah, another I'm definitely. home, home yeah. promo in a in AEW. But, like, I think he knows that, and I think he probably will be under best behavior, and there are probably 
you know, for better or worse, more checks and balances in WWE, and it might be worse based on the on the promo this week. Um, but yeah, like thoughts on that, like the gamble of uh, of Triple H uh, going for it when they've got you know a hot hand already. You know, it's a, it doesn't mm-hmm. hurt to have a, an extra uh, hot thing here and uh, and sell a few more t-shirts and stuff like that. But yeah, from both sides, it's a gamble. It's a, definitely a gamble. I th- it's absolutely worth taking, partly because they're not going to be ultra reliant on him. Like I think that's the thing with AEW is, is is they kind of they they tolerated too much with him and never laid down ground rules because they yeah, really needed they yeah, really needed him and WWE can get away with like bringing him in and then if he's causing a load of trouble just getting rid like, they can do that they can afford to do that yeah and they can and it'll be won't be a company that he'll be wanting to tie up in litigation as well because they'll have their ducks in a row. Like, you know, WWE, they're not going to be stupid about this. So I think there's, like, in this one, it's like, yeah, you, you don't fuck with them ultimately. And I think even CM Punk will kind of realise this time round is that he's not in that kind of position, that position of power. And I always thought the key was, and when was, we were first kind of speculating about it, if he went back, like, is it worth, we, we've spoken about this before, and I thought, you do it on limited dates. Limited dates, and there's a lot of value you can get from him, and it's big matches, and you're bringing in Punk for big matches sporadically. Because we've seen with his body, he can't do this, like, week after week. That's a ridiculous idea. Even even if he was a lovely bloke, you wouldn't do it, because his body breaks down all the fucking time. So, like, you have to, like, say to yourself, actually, no, what we need to do is we need to space this out. So he isn't someone who is part of the locker room. He'd be part of the locker room as much as Goldberg is part of the locker room or something. Like, you know, he's a bloke every once in a while you see, or The Rock, and you you can kind of tolerate him. Like they turn up and it's like, oh, it's him, but he's only here for the night. Fuck it, we'll be fine. We'll get through the night and whatever. And those people who want to avoid him will avoid him. It, you know, that's where you kind of come into like, what are the what are the terms of this? And I think it's, like it's it's almost that's the disappointment. I wanted to say, okay, what's going to be his first feud, and it's going to lead to obviously. I'm assuming, like, would they want to go straight into Seth? Because isn't that something yeah. you'd want to kind of save? For I think Mania? that'll be a first JP. Though I think that's the Rumble. You know, yeah, I think I think, I think it is yeah. the Rumble. Like in, in that makes you open to watch WrestleMania going to be though better. Yeah. Than JP, what, what is he going to do there? Roman it shows he's willing <laughs> to take to a Cody with spot. Him. Yeah, you know? uh, it shows he's willing to work with him because he definitely thinks Seth Rollins is shit. Like I'm certain of that. <laughs> company guy, he's a new company well, guy. The, tell me if I'm telling lies, Stakes. He'd go, no, not really, Phil. I think you might be spot on there. He's not very good, is he? <laughs> Oh, yeah, and that's the thing. It's from the punk point. We can get into like the possibilities and stuff like that while they've got him, and we'll fucking see. But like from the point point of view, like I, I, you know, I think it's on the what like the wrestlers, and we've always said this. It's like when we got into like you know the stuff with like the uh, you know the uh, the elite fans versus like the punk fans and stuff like that. We'd always say JP, you know, I don't want to be seeing punk's mate, but just he's my favorite wrestler. Like the man's a cunt, and I don't really expect much of him based on his track record. And I think we have. You know, rightly condemned a lot of uh, you know his, his actions and the way he's kind of carried himself over the over the last while. But there is a part of me that is, you know, despite all, knowing all that, that is a little bit like fucking hell. The uh, the man with all these fucking you know upstanding morals that he claims to have, which usually is just you know it's a bit of bluster. He's a he's a you know he's a he's a famous liberal man, JP, and most of the time it usually turns out to be bullshit. But like you know he. He said a lot of things, you know, about the Miz and the uh, and you know Saudi Arabia and the blood money comments, which itself had 
you know, there's little, little bit issues, but you know, holding up the uh, the trans rights sign at like uh, at all in and all of that stuff, and you know, he's made a rob for his own back. You know, it's a bit Jordan Henderson, isn't it? It's a bit like okay, when they when they say you need to get onto the plane for Saudi Arabia, it's probably baby steps now. You know, going back to WWE in the first place, you know, with Vince McMahon owned company, uh, not even owned, not owned anymore. But you know what I mean? Synonymous with Vince McMahon, who's still in a considerable position of power. Is he going to be schmoozing with Vince McMahon? Are they going to be having like you know conversations? Are, they, are we going to see photos of the two of them out together at dinner or whatever? Like, what's that relationship going to be? Is he going to get on the plane to Saudi Arabia? And is that a little bit you know not even a little bit very hypocritical? But as with most punk rock men, at a certain age, I think we found that you know punk rock is uh, there's not more punk rock than selling out, is there? There's not more punk rock than than being a landlord. There's not more punk rock than uh, than taking the money um, and then doing what yeah. he's doing here. Maybe I shouldn't be shocked, you know. Yeah, look at F- Phil Lydon. You might say, like instead of Johnny Lydon, isn't he? Because that's what he, you know, <laughs> he's becoming like like Johnny Rotten. Um, yeah. next but I think it's it's the difficulty because <laughs> if it's, I mean, I think I also said about this as well about the idea that you know, I did. What's the deal? He because he still does like commentary for MMA and stuff, and I know that's sort of like yeah. a part of passion. There's a part of him is probably thinking as well. Fuck me, I wouldn't mind. Like it's part of TKO and all of this. If there's an aspect of it, like he's probably he has to yeah. think kind of beyond wrestling, and actually that's an area him being able to do would be. I could I could see him thinking like that. It's just the least punk rock thing to do, isn't it? To plan for your old age necessarily. It's not very not very punk rock in the slightest. Um, but that's yeah, that's what happens to all of them, it's particularly when they get is. old. Yeah, and that's what he is now. Is he's a He's a well, you'd assume a rich bloke who's looked after his money and the rest of it. But this rich is the only place. This is the only cool. place he's going to be making, be able to make that kind of big money. Pil brooks <laughs> That could be a title. But to that point, like there is, you know, there's that side that you know that he. Yeah, I can't you can't hide from it. Like there's a lot of hit hypocritical elements to this, and that maybe bleeds into why that promo was so, you know, unbelievable and incredible um, when mm. he uh, when he delivered it. But like, if you if you did just on face value look at it as like, oh, you know, he's I don't think he's capable of shame, but he's embarrassed of what happened in AW or whatever. He just doesn't want his career to kind of end like that. And he wants to, you know, prove he's, you know, a top line guy. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, his problem with AW was just like, you know, as much as AW seemed like a perfect fit for Punk, and I'm always going to be sad because even in, you know, we're going to get into the possibilities of Punk and WWE, possibilities in AW are still far more engaging. As a company, it was built in the type of image of a guy like him, a, you know, a self made indie guy and all these you know, guys all he grew up with on the indies and yeah. all of that. Like, instead, we're doing it in WWE. But if that's his only option, you know, I kind of get it from that point of view, but like, what do I want to see him doing? <laughs> That's what gives me pause. As excited as I was on the night when he came back, you sit down, you try and put that list together, and it's like, I mean, I want to see him do something with Cody, absolutely, and that's one. You know, Tony mm-hmm. can't miss that opportunity, and fuck knows, there might be more opportunities like that. You know, we might finally get a you know a couple of the uh, matches that were left on the table in AEW and uh, more like this uh, happening in WWE. But you know, there is that Gunther's one that I'm interested in if we can uh, if we go down that road i could imagine that being great the list isn't that long though and like it's it, it reminds me of the problem with the start of aw like you say that baby face heel problem matty like aw wb has got you know four or five top baby faces right now you know they got they got a top heel in roman reigns where does he even really fit in i suppose as a heel i That's suppose you do that but then how do you 
characterize him because he's been so embedded to this I'm fighting the system type of character. And, you know, we moaned about it when he first went to AEW and he was happy to be there, punk, and, you know, didn't tap into that too much. And then obviously he tapped into that too much <laughs> at a point. But it's a completely different WWE he's walking into, isn't it? It's not the same as it was in, in 2011. He's not going to, you know, rebel against the system and be the good guy because. Do the B fans, the system's kind of the good guy right now for the first time in 20 years. But I think, like, I'd just personally love him to lean into the fact, like you said before, that he is what he was against. The Rock coming back, robbing the WrestleMania spots, you know, Brock Lesnar doing it. I think he should lean right into that and eventually just come out with it. And then against, like, yourself, who is, you know, he hasn't got Roman enough for it, Seth, doesn't he, about being the workhorse champion. He's not there. So if he leans into it, that's the perfect first feud. It makes sense, and hopefully, you know, because I'm much to everyone's like amazement. I'm not a Seth guy, so this might bring Seth out a bit more with that real life. You know, he's had four and years. Hopefully, that brings him out good on the mic with him and stuff, and stop him asking about it in his ear. <laughs> his, you know, but you never know; he could get it out of him. But you know, if anyone can, it would be Punk if he was on it. And like you know, once we see him, if he does get into this heel character, but you're right; he's definitely he's definitely got to be a heel, or like dare I say, shades of grey or whatever. But he, you know, he's, there's no room for him as a face, especially, I don't think. No no, no chance. There's enough of them. Which, can you believe we're saying that about WWE? There's like six nope. or seven top baby faces, because include like LA Knight and Orton's back now, and, you know, he might turn soon, but, you know, options are there. There might be truth in what he said in the promo, though, JP. Like like uh, Heyman said to him all those years ago, you had to leave to come back. He had to become The Rock to be that. You know, he never got the WrestleMania main event when he was a regular member of the roster. Yeah. I don't yeah. think he's getting it this year because hopefully it is still Cody's spot. Night one, he'll get. Out. He'll get night That's one. what yeah. I'm thinking. He probably promised him that, haven't he, already? Yeah, I think so. It feels like that's part of the trade-off, like with this, of like, well, what what's part of the things he's going to want to do? And it's like, oh, okay, we can do night one. The night one at Mania slot, if you know, with Cody Roman on the second night, it actually is big enough to go with. I mean, they've sold it out already, so like, mm. it's not a ticket sale thing necessarily, but it will drive interest. It's how do you space him apart, like in all of that? That's where I'm kind of intrigued, and that's why you wanted a direction for for where it is. But instead, we're still kind of like completely speculating as if he if he hadn't appeared on Raw we'd be pretty much having a lot of the same sort of like conversation, wouldn't we, in, in some ways of like, well, what exactly are they going to be doing with him in that direction? And I agree with you that in the main, when you look at some of the people he's kind of up against, the list gets very, very short, very quickly. It's, you know, there's plans obviously with Roman Reigns and there's plans with Rollins. And then, yeah, like you say, after a while, it's like what pe people he's got beef with from the past, like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I'm not like, I can't say I'm particularly excited about it, but I don't know. Mate, it depends when you say multi-years, it Ric Flair multi-year of two years. And then you think, okay, in that period of time, if we've got him for these many dates, they could space it out quite nice. That's it, JP. You can do that. And then you can. I mean, he'll probably get hit by the 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 like the uh, I don't know the sweep we should do, whether he gets you know sacked by WrestleMania or he gets injured before WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Stage dive. He'll just repeat all the same mistakes he uh, he did in a HW. Like yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, obviously the, the, a couple of like to round up a couple of the punk news stories, and we'll get into the AW side of things when we get to uh, AW probably in about twenty minutes or so for those on the uh, <laughs> on the timestamps. 
But like, yeah, reports today that apparently uh, there are plans for something with him and Roman. Um, mm. They want the true civil war, Matty, on uh, on grapple. Me and you. Oh, me to tell you. <laughs> wow. But again, of course they have. Like that's you know your biggest star in Roman Reigns, and you know potentially you know we'll see what the numbers are like. You know the biggest star on the opposite side could be uh, could be CM Punk. So of course that's on the table. I don't even know if that's necessary. It's like that news story that came out today where it said something like, uh, "Well, do they be going to start the plan for the for the Royal oh, Rumble over the next God. few months?" And it's like. Yeah, lads, that's our next pay-per-view, so of course you are. Um, Now, I'd say, Ben, you you must be like so, like, you know, you've, you've laid it on the table there. It just must be so, if it's surreal for me, it must be surreal for you, mate. That's what I, you know, Conflict. I love it. Yeah, Absolutely conflicted. We've got to call a spade a spade, you know? Like, it's, again, it is the something... Overall, it's just a bit sad about it because it does yeah. feel mm-hmm. wrong that he's in WWE. It does feel like he had... You know, so many possibilities in AEW to be what he always wanted to be when he used to complain and rally against the system and stuff like that. Instead, we're doing it in WWE. I think if Gareth was here, I think Gareth watched the promo on Raw and just oh, was he's like, gone. Yeah, well, he yeah. was like, let me know in eight weeks. We'll see where yeah. we are. He's gone, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably more likely to try and stick it out and, uh, and watch these roles and see if they do anything interesting with them. But yeah, it's... Uh... We'll see. Um, Just think, Beno, if Hangman Page wouldn't have said that line in this promo, then he wouldn't be here, would he? Well, apparently it's all Brian Danielson's fault we found out today. <laughs> Skip ahead a little bit to the AW stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if you make that, that broke as we were getting ready for the show. Apparently the uh, disciplinary committee that decided to leave AEW headed up by Brian Danielson. Like, fucking hell. Why is he even <laughs> on it, though? I mean, why is he I mean, on my, it? I mean, my understanding was... So I'm not a reporter, but I had heard like the little whispers I kind of hear in this uh, you know, this fucking punk camp um, that are fucking everywhere. That like Brian was the one who was doing a lot of the communication between punk and the elite when they were trying to settle down like their issues and trying to have meetings and stuff like that. And we know he's kind of off us now, but it is it is the most AEW thing ever, isn't it? To have uh, Brian Danielson of all people have to uh, have to make the call. Maybe that's why, because that's another aspect of the story. Punk isn't, you know, doesn't seem. Like and there's been reports today, like from House of Wrestling, another one of his, uh, you know, outlets that he often uses, that he's not interested in going back at AW. That's what you know. That's part of why he didn't say anything in the promo about them. He maybe wants well. to leave it behind them. Yeah, maybe that you know, maybe Brian was like the the safe, friendly voice that like you know managed to get through to him, and you know, and that's why. I mean, maybe I'm just living on a fancy land, but like maybe there's some logic to it, but. It is another one of those situations in the JP when it's like, you know, rather than have a HR, you know, rather than have that, you know, obviously Mega apparently wasn't involved, but rather have sort of like a business person involved or a, a suit involved, it's another wrestler, isn't it? And it's like, <laughs> you know, of course, I mean, I'm, you know, with the, with the personalities involved, I mean, I, exp- I know why the EVPs weren't involved here, but yeah. it's, uh, you can't help but think that too as well. It's a, it's a wild one, that story. It really is. It's a, it's a very weird one. And it, I, immediately I thought, was it decided by Wrestlers Court? Like mm. just like the kind of like sort of friendly twenty twenty three version of Get it. The dominoes out. It's kind of what it comes down to, and it's not like you know ex wrestler in position of like kind of management and creative, which is effectively what Paul Levesque is, you know, Triple H. Mm. So, like, this is still someone who is an active wrestler. Um, it is it is very weird. I, and then I thought, well, what would WWE do? Team of lawyers. They're the ones who fucking sack him and some managers. That's that's how they do this. And they wouldn't be fucking around with it at all. That would be exactly how they're getting rid of him. I mean, it says a lot. I mean, there's other bits of it where you think to the strength of 
what Brian Daniel Brian Danielson and what he kind of the importance he has to AEW at this point in time as well. So I mean, you know, it, it, you know, in terms of the 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 friendly replacement to kind of CM Punk, and I can see the logic of getting him to do it because, like you say, he would be able to get through to him. There's things that CM, you know, whatever CM Punk has done done in wrestling, if there's like the closest person who's done it, but without telling everyone to fuck off along the way, is Brian Danielson. So, like, you know, it's it, it. There is like similarities in their career path and stuff like that, and very much fighting up against the kind of system. It's just that Brian Danielson was seemed to be like kind of a nice guy about the whole thing. So that's why they've turned him into a hatchet man. It makes you also think about like Tony Khan as well. Like, I've got to say, it, yeah. Like, I know, where, I know, JP. Where is he in this as well? Because it is like a, you know, again, the delegation of responsibility. But no. he won't talk about it for legal issues and the rest of it when he's doing his interviews with BBC West Midlands, which is mad. But there we go. Well, that's that's fair, JP. Like, because obviously, you know, you have a head of talent relations and stuff to do, like your dirty work per se. But then it gets to a point where it's that big of a deal where. You know, Khan's got to deal with it before this. I don't expect him to say it now because of the legal stuff. But he should have been like sorting stuff out a long time ago. And I don't infrastructure, agree with... mate. It's boring. JP, it's WCW it's boring, stuff. Boring, and I bang on about it every fucking week. Why? Like, like Kevin Nash was on the booking committee and all these committees. Like, why is Brian even on it? Like, it should be an ex wrestler. There's enough of them backstage, isn't he? That that, that that what are they doing? Just get someone out. He shouldn't. I get him having a word with Punk, of course. Get someone who knows him or who can calm him down, whatever. But he shouldn't be given like. Make, make, making major decisions it's a fucking joke to be honest with you <laughs> fucking, honestly fucking we haven't man. learned any lessons have we over the, uh, the course of AWA no. and, and Danielson does seem like level headed intelligent of course, you know, no, maybe, of course to be fair if you're going to have a committee like this I would say you probably need Not a wrestler, wrestler in the no, but no, in the room to give a, an opinion from a wrestler's point of view I think that it's a group of di- a diverse group of people who are on whatever this committee is making this decision. I think that's that part of it is fair. But I mean, it goes to what JP just alluded on. Again, skipping ahead to the AEW section later, but like, it, we'll have a big conversation later about, you know, WWE feels like the babyface promotion, um, especially this weekend. AEW feels like the heel promotion in a lot of ways right now. You know, Tony Khan's not helping himself with some of the, uh, the interview quotables, like the fact that he was asked about punk and he's like, He's gone so far. I know I've said this on our Discord, JP. I know it's probably just our bubbleless effects. Um, and probably people like us more than anything who want that quote, who want that, you know, that transparency that we got from Tony Khan when AEW first started. And, you know, there's potentially good reason for why he's not so transparent anymore. Maybe he has learned some lessons over time, but it is kind of like, you know, give them something, Tony. You don't have to be just clam, yeah. you know, clam up and completely shut down. Can't talk about Punk. Can't even say anything about, like, you can't even mention his name. I'm pretty sure, like, the legal ramifications don't run that far, mate. You can you can offer something, you know. Especially uh, when bizarre. Nick Khan's on the on the Ringer podcast, and he's just practically taking the piss at this point, yeah. even when he's pushed on a couple of things. But he, like, describing Tony Khan as a kid, like, and stuff like that. Just Getting his shot back, isn't he? Yeah, getting his shits and giggles, isn't he? But maybe stuff. there is, maybe there's like really harsh legal, you know, wedding that means Punk can never mention AW. Like the Cody thing, you know, like obviously Cody doesn't talk about AW much and AW doesn't talk about Cody much. But yeah, we're going to get into the whole uh, whether yeah. AW is the in the heel situation later. But just another fucking wild one um, to come out today. But I suppose before we get there, I mean, we did, 
<laughs> watch more of uh, and Survivor Series to uh, for this stuff. Unless anyone's got anything more on Punk, I've got plenty. I'm sure it'll come up through. The Go show. on all day. We could literally just do three hours on Punk, better three weeks I, on him. I could do another Phil special, mate. Fucking yeah. easily on the psychology of the man and the fucking whatever news stories are gonna gonna drop tomorrow. But Chronicles yeah. of Phil. Yeah. <laughs> Why is he always the main character? Like, what is this? Like, ah, oh, and just, yeah. I wonder if it, maybe him and Triple H will be the best of mates now. We look at that picture behind you, you, JP, with the, with the two of them. You know, they were always, always for me, very alike. I always thought that when he went to, uh, when he went to WWE, they'd be, uh, I didn't think they'd get on, but like, maybe that's the, uh, the relationship they're going to have now. And maybe, you know, the, the one element of what you haven't talked about, you know, the, the risk of upset of, you know, that locker room, maybe Triple H will be able to soothe over a, a Kevin Owens who probably feels strongly about this, a Seth Rollins who probably feels strongly about this. Like, if it, if it came out and after everything was said, and fire him on his wedding day and all of the fucking bad blood, um, the Triple H and Punk end up being like, Bezzy's coming out of this and he has this great five-year run. I wouldn't be shocked at that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, maybe Triple H can pull that off. Maybe he can. Maybe he can balance that off. Bruno, Bret Hart, really, Ultimate Warrior. He's got them all back that were in like the uh, whenever coming Bruno? Back. He got Bruno, yeah, that's it. That's he that must have the gift of the gab, wasn't he? He really can, can't he? Like he can fucking honestly he can <laughs> Well, we'll circle back around to uh, the AW element of it, but yeah, like I say, we watched the Bavis series, not for punk. Any thoughts on that? We'll probably keep it brief enough, really. It was a show. Um I mean, I, you might be quick, JP. Do you want to, uh, you want to give your overall on it? I know um, Matty's got more to say about it than me. I just wanted to raise the point of I hate, I hate war games matches. Now I've just gone with them. I hate the concepts of it. If these had been elimination matches, I was just thinking that which I would have preferred it so much more. I think we we mentioned it ever so. When we were recording on Sunday, we were talking about it ever so briefly the idea of just picking up all the weapons from one side. Just the stage nature of it, I just, yeah, I, I can't deal with that. Like, it just sort of felt like what could have been the two best matches were kind of ruined by the gimmick. And then in between it, we had some matches. Like, that's what it was. And they tried to sell me some ruffles and Slim Jim. Look nice, that them was... ruffles, though, JP. <laughs> I, I, I toyed with, I looked at them and I thought, oh, are they nice? And I thought, well, like, are they nicer than, like, when you go to Aldi? And you buy like what are their like kind of top line? You know what I mean? The one pound fifteen. Knock off McCoy's. <laughs> no, nah, not knock off McCoy's. Oh. Knock off fancy crisps. Ah, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I thought, are they on that level? And I just thought it's just a big bag of bloody Walkers, isn't it? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you on it, JP. Like I've really got that much knowledge to say in it. Like I I don't can't stand war games matches and that's not me being partisan Matty. i don't enjoy blood and guts either i think we've uh, established nah, that over yeah. the, uh, the two that eight of you have done that can the convenience of oh there's a weapon under the ring let's just hand them out in order to each, to each person who comes out i fucking hate that the fact that they haven't got a roof you know that's gonna that's gonna wind me up but oh. just in general they're not good matches are they no um, submissions pinfalls yeah <laughs> yeah, there's that too, isn't it? Like it, it gave it. It was a good spectacle for like again, you know, the super friends coming together and the, you know all the baby faces and Randy Orton's moments. We've got to talk about, you know, like I say the fucking size of the man coming out. Um, see if he lasts uh, at his grand old age. I suppose with his wrestling style, maybe he'll be all right. But fucking hell, that's a lot of beef to have on a man that's uh, you know pushing uh, 
past his foot into his forties. At a, at I thought Batista had come back first of yeah. all. Side on JD, I got thought, a picture. It looks like Batista. Like honestly, I've got a picture saved <laughs> on my phone. Sent it round to people who haven't seen him for ages, like casual fans, and he said, "Oh, it's Batista back." I said, "That's oh, Randy Orton, yeah. <laughs> the animal Dave Randy Orton." <laughs> but he's he is another. He's another as much as me and JB might not raise him, Matty. He's another element, another star to to plop in. You know, you've already got like this. You know, I've, I've been saying this about Raw in general, and we, you know, we're very, very briefly going to talk about that, if, if at all. Like, I feel like you might be insulted by this, Patty, but I feel like Triple H has just perfected this TW game. Like, when you when you play that game, like you can, you, he would be playing it and get an A star for every show he does. Because fundamentally, are his baby faces over? Yes. Is he, you know, are the story's moving along at a good pace? Yes. Are the fans happy? Yes. Like, he's getting a star for most of his Sold segments. out arenas. <laughs> yeah, all of that. Yeah, all that, yeah. On TV, and he's yeah. literally, and the, the way to crack that game, we're getting deep into it now, is to deliver, <laughs> your fans have an expectation based on your product style. Some might say Tony Khan is uh, going against that expectation, and that might be why they're struggling. Maybe maybe they're getting D's for their cards in, in TW. But to, to, to nail the analogy, Triple H is like, is super saving that fan base and making them happy. There are elements of it I really don't like when I watch Raw, you know, the backstage segment stuff that I know you and you haven't got time for, Marty, and just the general wrestling style just and production style isn't for me. But like we keep saying, if this was spreadsheet wrestling or a game, you know, can you say he's putting a foot wrong right now? He's not, and he's got these extra pieces to play with. Cody's ready there to uh, to be, you know, your, your WrestleMania main eventer. Add Punk to the mix, add Randy Orton to the mix. It looked like a healthy company and coming out of Survivor Series. Yeah, like you're saying, the only slight negative that even I've got onto, well, everyone's got onto it over the last couple of months. If it was his T, you know, the way like he's, what's that, mate? No, no, that, 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 that's a good thing. We're, we're not speaking about Robin today. No, yeah, help us hold a paying credit. What I will say is, is you know, like you always have your go to on them games in EWR, but no, he loves Triple H having a faction and dissension. Like, how many have you got? You know, start because of the way the bloodline was so like brilliant. I've already done it. You've got Judgment Day hitting at that, Imperium, Damage Control, fucking who's the other one? LWO. So that is like go to, isn't it? You know, dissension either, you know, someone turning face or heel. It is easy. And it mainly does work, but even I'm getting, come on, give us a little bit more. Do you know what I mean? But on Raw in general, like you're saying, like I said before, not everything's great in it. You do get cold-ass quiet matches like the women's tag team matches on Raw, like the tag team table that was on for ages. But I do disagree with, like, the segments throughout the show were over. Like, Randy and Rhea at the start. Boss, love that. Even yeah, Seth, Drew and Jey Uso. Over, good stuff, progressing that. Even, um, what's the other one? They had in the ring. There's another one in the ring. Co even Cody and that, where it's like, all right, well, not the most exciting match you've ever seen, but a good angle. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, and, yeah. and, and the action. And as well, with yeah. the Nakamura build, you know, and all that. We didn't get Cody bleeding in the war games, but we did get him with red uh, liquid on yeah. his face. And so, it keeps you know. him busy until the Rumble, because he's declared himself for the Rumble, so that'll be a big Raw match coming up whenever over the next couple of weeks. So it just keeps him with something to do on it for the Rumble. I would, I know we're skipping around, but I would take like, yeah. you know, war, war games is like as a, as a whole, as a pay-per-view, one match show for me. I don't know whether you can necessarily... The men's better. Sorry, I jumped ahead to Raw there. Yeah, the, men, uh, mm. yeah, the men's main event, sorry, Jake, was, I love that. Because I agree with you on war games isn't really for me, but I thought they had so many little layers and intricate stories with everyone in this. 
that it kept me because you're just basically waiting for everyone to be in, aren't you, and seeing who's taking the fall. But this built throughout it, and it, it kept me hooked all the way through it. And I weren't just sitting on my hands waiting for the end. I thought they'd done a I good think, job with that. The, the negative though, as well, is doing two of them on a show. Like it's yeah. the same with the rumbles, yeah. isn't it? I know it would be harsh to be like to the women's division. You're not getting a rumble this year. And are you going to do that to the men's? Realistically, you're probably not. But you still have that problem with two of them, and it's too much over a pay-per-view. And I I want to get into Raw, Matty, but I would say one of the... <laughs> I'm not trying to argue with you. But I did think War Games was... As much as I can say the positive come out of it was that, and they had so many eggs in that main event basket, I think it meant it was a weak card because it was missing you know, another big match on the show. I don't think Gunther and Walter was that. Gunther and Walter. Gunther and Miz was that. Um, you know, that was... 3.25 star, you know, solid match. Yeah. Um, well, it was a good you know, little story they told, though, but it, yeah, it wasn't like no, as good as obviously Seamus stuff. No, and no it's story. Like I, it was. I wanted Miz to come out like, you know, like he'd been in a war and he was fucking, you know, his chest yeah. was barely held together at that point by sticky tape and you get a bit more respect for Miz because he goes through it. They just had the run of the mill match instead, didn't they? Um, yes. That's kind of all it was. You know, the other, you know, the Dra Dragon Lee singles match, a match. Um mm. You know, the, the, the other women's stuff on the show was just there. I'm not being... <laughs> don't even say it. I know what you're going to say. Don't even go there. <laughs> Please probably, don't. We just did a Survivor Series mixtape, didn't we? <laughs> like, yes. And we talked some big single matches at Survivor Series that have happened over the years. And I can't help but note a couple of them involved uh, some titles. It was maybe just missing a world champion. You know, it was just missing a... Uh, so what would you rather, Roman and LA Knight the rematch? So what else would you have done? Because you would have moaned if it was AJ Styles coming back, a cold no. title. You would have. So it's, only, would have? it's only the LA Knight really? rematch, isn't it? Then? So who, who would you put him in there with? Who would you bring him back to? AJ Styles, absolutely. What's wrong with that? Oh, nah. Yeah. Kevin Owens? Wait till he, if he does him at the Rumble, I'll, I'll wait, look forward to you saying it's a cold last match and, yeah, it's, and it's like standard. We know, <laughs> well, we know who's going to win anyway, but you know what I mean. I'll wait for you. I, I can, can hear your voice from you know? saying it. Oh, <laughs> no, I didn't need you know? it at all. I don't think, like you're saying there, I agree that, like, mate, with the two on the one show, is a bit of overkill, but then at the same time, that's your other big match, isn't it? Like that, that's your selling point for that pay per view. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's like, I, I don't think you can have a big conversation when it comes to the year end awards, but because I, I, I actually do agree with you that like Roman being away probably helps the star power a lot and it makes the almost, almost in some perverse way, makes the belt almost feel more important. Because I just mention them, Benno, they don't not but, mention them all the time. But, that's what it is. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, I agree. Sorry, but, sorry. They've stepped too far into that. I think there's a tipping point of them being away just that little bit too much. And I think whatever you want to say about Survivor Series traditionally, they are trying to make it a big four pay-per-view again in being away for this. And for this long period to the Rumble is just... As much as I sympathise with the overall kind of, yeah, he's this you know bigger star like Brock Lesnar who's not there every week. I think it just steps into too much for me. And I think it was but, a, but you think, a missing is that just out is that just for your eyes and creativity? You mean like, uh, 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 like creative? Because as you say, if houses were down, then yeah, I'd say let's bring them back. The world champion sold out arena, biggest they've ever done in fucking that arena. It's going to be the biggest most thing. You got CM Punk coming back, so hmm. he wasn't needed at all. Maybe from from us watching, and we want him a, a, maybe a good match. But then if he if he's fighting, you'd say it was a three point five match. So you, you can you can never win with it. As I, I say, mean, you was down and, and it was struggling. I'd say yeah. He'd be, he'd be on the phone one day saying, "Come on, Roman, let's get you back. Let's get you back every week." But you can do it while it's, it's not that it. But it, it's that's the point, though. We don't have to have extremes. It's not like 
one or the other. Like it, it just like, comes through. He's just wrestled. So it's fine. Month. Oh, yeah, he wrestled okay, last man. month. What did you, did you just say? As I say, <laughs> do your big boxing... I said to you, JP, do your big boxers fight every month? No, they don't. Yeah. That's what they're going with. They're going well, with... You can go with, with it. And it doesn't have to be... Got a, that it doesn't point, have yeah, to be no. two extremes. He can, he can still be around and he can still do... He can do more than he's doing. I think it would... It would it hasn't him not being there. Of course, didn't sink Survivor Series. Of course, like they still did well. It still doesn't mean it's the optimum, you know, solution. Yes, they can. They're getting away with it, but I don't think it's the. Optimum. Yeah, I don't think they're getting away with it. I don't think you should say it like that. But mm. it, it, I think it's well. I think it's for sorry, JP. Sorry, mate. I it's think it's for Yeah, it's another time. Sorry. Yeah, I, it's a difficult. I mean, I, I kind of get both of your points in in the sense, and I understand the idea of him not being. I, the thing I said on the weekend, Joe, like, I kind of I thought would have been nice if he'd just been there watching it. And you could have announced at the beginning, so you would have got the reactions. And then even Punk coming out, you don't have to see Roman Reigns' reaction to it, but you know that he's there because you're thinking, mm. well, that's all of his kind of main challenges all under one roof, a bit like Toys R yeah. Us. And, and I've got like, an issue it, with the title thing that Andy says, yeah, yeah. that's another element. And again, I'm not totally poo-pooing the idea that he can't be away. I just think there's a tipping point. Like, can he be away for six months? Can he be away for eight? Of course he can't, you know? Like, there's a, there's yeah. got to be a line there somewhere, and for me, it crosses it, but... He's only ever away for two months, three months at a time. He's never away for six months, though. That's the thing. He's a world champion. <laughs> three months. Yeah, but, but... Oh, my God. But they've established that. You've got... I know people are. Oh, people don't agree with the other belts. Fair play. But there's a, there's yeah. a champ... There's, you know, that there's a it. championship to go for. Fair play. I, I, obviously, I can't get it. No, but I, I can see that I can. I'm not a, I'm not a knob. I can see that. But <laughs> yeah. at the same time, you're building him up extra special, but like you've said. And yeah, I don't I agree. think it's tipped up that much yet. Because he's only I know you you think two or three months is a long time to be a champion. I think the way they've structured it, I think that's fine. Honestly. I would really? say as well, like in I suppose in their credit is in some ways I like the idea, like I mean, and this is always a thing that they've wanted to get to as a place where you're not relying on one person to be the kind of like major star, major draw. Even though they book him in that way, it's their own fault for it. But like the success, and I thought this about like in the men's match as well, all five of the baby faces being over. Like they're all over. And the judgment day as a as a heel act. As a collective JP being yeah. over. Yeah. Not on the same star level, but the crowd yeah. likes them. And they recognise in there, there are kind of, there are people in there that are always going to react to. Two of them just aren't Finn Balor and JD McDonough. But again, yeah. the, the conversation for another time. There's, cold they've done a hell of a job with that. Yeah, they have. I, but I mean, but I will say it's not really necessarily the same conversation. Remember that hot period of the WP fuse we were talking about? I don't think this fits that. I think yeah, this is another no. in a that few in a row. Yeah, that ended yeah, the yeah. SummerSlam. And we were yeah, quite a really good run going. In the middle on SummerSlam, weren't we? Because the main event even left a mm. uh, sour taste in my mouth. Tribal combat. But since then, Ben, I've got to agree with you, yeah. And that kind of ties into we, we think about Raw. We're not going to break down. We are not turning it. We're not going <laughs> to. I've seen no. what it's done to Paul Waiting and John Pollock. We're not becoming a, 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 a Raw review podcast, JP. But like just Raw in general, I don't think they put the best foot forward. For all the positives I'm willing to say about WWE, and they are hot right now. Um, it was a hell of a week for Triple H to take off and leave fucking Bruce Pritchard in charge because it was a, you know, I I know I joked about staying up late and it being a fucking drag those three hours like to to get to the punk segment, but I'm not unreasonable either, Matty. I know like there's the what culture lads, there's Ibu, wrestle purists that I speak to, like there's a, there's people I know really enjoy the raw product in general. Just um, the layout and the setup and that. yeah. 
And, you know, having like that Gunther match at like, you know, the, the break between the hours and the way it's been laid out the last while. And having that built Survivor Series, having all those baby faces and it feeling like, oh, certain exciting is coming here. Whether, yeah. you know, I don't necessarily think the pay per view delivered on that, but, you know, it was an exciting period, I think, for people who were into that. <laughs> this role wasn't really that, was it? <laughs> like, there was a lot of dead spots. They had the first hour commercial free and there was a lot of shite on it. And it was very slow moving. And, you know, the, to go back to the punk thing, I can't help but, like, laugh at the fact that, you know, Triple H is, uh, whether it's him or not, making it known today to PW Insider. And, like, well, I wasn't there. Bruce Pritchard was in charge. And Bruce is fucking in charge. And, coincidentally, punk segments, we didn't mention that when we talked about it, gets squeezed out for, uh, <laughs> for time. <laughs> like, you know, there's going to be a something to wrestle with in about five years. We're just going to go, yeah, I did that on purpose. Um, you tested him, maybe, to see how he reacted. How he reacted. That's possible. That's great. possible. Yeah, <laughs> see it in his eyes, mate. Couldn't you? He'd be fucking crying if he didn't look so. You know what it reminded me of, though, JP. It reminded me of that fucking again history repeating when 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 AEW got Punk and that rampage happened. And never mind the rampage itself; we were all still reeling from Punk coming back. So the rampage card, I suppose, didn't mean much. But you remember that dynamite the week after where they put fucking Brock Anderson in the main event against Alistair Black and it was just like, and it was a fucking shit show. It was one of the worst dynamites of the year and it was like, come on, the eyes of the world are on you here and it's not quite that year. But even you'd admit, Matty, a lot of eyeballs you wouldn't expect were on WDB this week. Yeah. And it was probably the time to go, you know what, Raw's actually alright now and put your best foot forward. And I don't think they did, uh, either with the pay-per-view or with Raw. I think it was... Uh, not a complete bust because I agree with you. I enjoyed the Cody segment. Thought the Randy Orton segment was well done, and you know I've always got time for Dominic Mysterio. But it was like it was like going back in time to when Punk was around ten years ago in the three hour rows. Like it, it dragged. It wasn't wasn't a great advert for the for the product. There was a couple of um like the comedy Benno, like the backstage stuff. I've never you know even me and me loyalist like our truth could they have brought them back years. next month. Could they awaited? Yeah, but you've got like, Tazawa doing it, doing the comedy stuff. Because I've, I, you know, for all people say, our truth delivery is brilliant, though. Like he, he, he can get a genuinely like laugh out loud out of people. Whereas the Tazawa thing for me isn't really working. So you've got like two comedy characters, pretty much the same on the show, like cracking so much like cheesy comedy. But you know, even the matches though, but I, I, I'm Vince not. comedy, mate. That's, That's what stuff. it is, JP. That's exactly what it is. But it's like even mm. the women's tag title match. The tag team team world, there is a quite a lot, but I suppose at the same time, he's using the time trying to spin a positive here, but he's like trying to use the time he's got for these new acts and these people who haven't been pushed, or and that's where you're obviously going to get no reactions, kind of thing. But he spent three hours getting Johnny Gargano over if he could, wouldn't he? Trips, he this is it, this is this is exactly it, but <laughs> you know, it's it is. I, I know exactly what you're saying, though, there should have been a bit more oomph. But at the same time, to the people who have been watching it, it is a bit of a reset at the same time because you've just finished the war games. So mm. that kind of ended that, you know, for Cody fusing with Judgment Day, that takes him into Nakamura. So it's a bit of both. It's a traditional dead period as well. After the other oh, thing. Oh, you know, 100%. time getting squashed. He's not coming back in a hot period, is he? He's coming back in that period between here and the Rumble that, you know, even under the newly baby-faced creative of Triple H. Still an uphill battle, isn't it? To to maintain interest to the uh, to the rumble, maybe it'll help. Maybe it won't be like that this year. But can I do say it. though, I, I did like Ivar and Bronson Reed, and I know it was a double DQ, but they're going to build up because I like the fun little brawl they had in the crowd after it getting holy shit chance. To be fair, so that was over in the building, and I think their gimmick match that they have will deliver. So fair play, he's been trying to get Ivar over, and he loves Bronson Reed. So 
put the big men together. You know, fair play. It's it's nice to know that the point we made about the Creed brothers still sticks as well. They're both simultaneously good and shit, aren't they? I can't work out like they're in some ways they're rubbish and in other ways they're like superb athletes and the rest. I'm completely confused by them whenever they kind of have their, you know. But it was it was from what I saw on the 20 minutes highlight of which could have easily lost 15 of those minutes. Um, but it was it was just like. It felt like another pedestrian roar. It was like the raw results I'd read out. Except at the mm. end of it, I would have said, oh, and CM Punk came out and delivered a promo. He didn't really say anything. Like, and looked miserable kind of throughout. Like, that's <laughs> that's how I, I kind of took to it in that, like, sort of 20 minutes. And it didn't feel like, it didn't yeah. feel exciting. And even if, like, it's, like I say, it's a dead period and it's the, the next pay-per-view, because I like saying that term, is Royal Rumble as well. And you're thinking... Even if Punk had said, "I'm going to be, I'm going to be in, officially in the Royal Rumble this year," and you're thinking to yourself, "That's in a stadium, so that's going to be like they're going to want that has the potential to do like again a really big fucking crowd." Because normally, for non-mania stadium shows in the US, they kind of push it into a corner, don't they? And I think mm. that could make all of the world of difference of of like having that. And you thought, oh, I just thought to myself, they got their ducks in a row; they'll start pushing because if nothing else, in a, in a business sense, they're fucking on it. And they're on like they're on a good well, run. To that point, well, before we move on to AW, and apologies to the AW fans who've got a, a nosebleed this deep into the podcast and we haven't started talking about uh, AW. Um, it is coming. Uh, any thoughts on this uh, investor uh, lawsuit, uh, JP? Just quickly, um, outside of the uh, the ring with WWE, uh, I think it's going anywhere. This one, um, obviously, uh, we've got the it's Bloomberg Law uh, reporting it. Um, that, uh, yeah. yeah it's one of those pension funds, isn't it? The contractors' pension fund, the Labourers' District Council, and um, taking. Uh, I'm sure taking they've done this before. And, these ones, over yeah, Vince. yeah. So the idea is that Vince used his domineering personality and control over WWE that unfairly benefited him and his uh, and his inner circle um, is the way that it's uh, that it's been worded. Uh, obviously, the, the deal is done, JP. So, like, are we, you know. We're not, we're not expecting them to be in UFC to unmerge at this point, but you know it could affect things uh, from a uh, from a, a money point of view. Um, and obviously, yeah, uh, you know this this is always going to come back to bite them, as you alluded to earlier. I think uh, Brandon Thurston's pulled out some uh, some choice Nick Khan quotes that uh, that happened there. Yeah, made him look uh, too good in the air. <laughs> the cold light today about uh, Vince muscling his way back in. Um, yeah, they got anything to worry about here? You think, in, uh, in your opinion? I. I don't think they do. I think ultimately they'll be able to kind of do whatever payoff they kind of have to do in the meantime for this to go away because it is such a behemoth of a show. And they are in the process of dropping Vince McMahon, who was kind of like, you know, say originally the problem. And so I think in some ways they're going to make this sort of go away. If you think about it, he still is the link. I mean, that's the thing that Triple H doesn't have is he doesn't carry that baggage that Vince does. And we've said this before about Ari Emanuel. He played a fucking blinder. And it was like Vince thought, oh, here's someone in the real world I can kind of screw over. But except this person had actually done some reading on Vince and thought, oh, that's mm. what he's like. And and was well prepared. And he was like, we will get what we want from him. Saudi contacts, the, the merger, and then we'll just fuck him off. And I think the fact that we're in that process of Vince, like kind of being effectively shut out for WWE for good, like mm. that will make, I think will end up making this go away. And they'll become the kind of monolith corporation that they are now. Could they got more money? Yeah, from the Saudis, like as always. Probably, but that, yeah. that appears to be the answer for any sporting slash sports entertainment money problems. 
go to the Saudis. <laughs> Wiping her ass with tenors over there. Oh, and yeah, you know, Platters, yeah, was there to Stephanie being there in the crowd? Um, um, there's a lot of Stephanies in, in the mix here, but my Steph, not Matthew's Steph, not Steph McMahon. <laughs> so the yeah. other Steph, Stephanie McMahon in the crowd. Um, <laughs> so as you said, we will on the Patreon, um, and I'll throw the plugs in a sec to uh, me and Steph will record something talking her, uh, a week in uh, in Chicago, both for the uh, the debut and for the uh, and for the Dynamite last week. But I think she was just visiting, unless there were uh, certain papers for us to sign, JP, but we're not the type of podcast that would report such a thing, are we? Um, you know, we won't go down that route. Um, I say, your staff <laughs> must have been freezing in Dynamite with all the empty seats, Ben, or would have been a bit warmer at Survivor Series? <laughs> I mean, yeah, she might be turning here with a, obviously, big punk fan. She, I think probably nah. had a much better time at the WWE than just... she did at Thanksgiving Dynamite. Looked like she had the time of her life, mate. Loved it. Loved it. Dixie. Oh, we'll be... Where was Serge? We'll Oh. Yeah, Dixie Carter. Couldn't believe it. Oh. Bruce is making it. At Raw, I love that photo with uh, with Dixie, uh, Cody, uh, but uh, I was going to say Magnus then. Uh, <laughs> Nick Aldis in it. She got a picture with a uh, rock star uh, sport as well, didn't she? Uh, backstage, uh, oh, Dixie. Maybe she's the, uh, you know, she's going to be the true power. Maybe uh, Aaron Stephanie are going to... Uh, you know, do something, come together and do a uh, do a takeover. Who knows, JP? Fucking hilarious though. I'm gonna have to get these uh, these photos up here. But, <laughs> but yeah, just, it was Nashville, so you know you gotta uh, yeah. gotta let Dixie it. That that was always gonna happen there. So and just on the on the on the Stephanie point, I just thought Shiv Roy serving papers to Tom. That's what immediately where my mind kind of went with went with all of that. I went straight into succession mode because it's never that far away and still carries on. As we know with Triple H, you can endure a terrible amount of pain. Yeah, there, there she, that, she was. She was having the absolute time of her That's life. Video viewers can see here. That's brilliant. That well, what a world we're in. Nick Aldis, Cody Run W producing that's Petey Williams, Spud, Aldis, Borash, Abyss. Did he run the producing side? Carino had the TNA run at some point. He's around, you know. <laughs> it's all other. Yeah, he did early on. Carino. Oh. I don't know. That was brilliant. Oh, that's Sorry for blowing me nose, by the way. Oh, it's all good. Well, we're going to get into uh, somebody else who might be uh, heading over to uh, the WWE side before, uh, from AEW, but before we do, time to, time to pay the bills. Uh, surprise you, throw uh, a few plugs in. Uh, JP, what have we had there? We're, at, we're coming to the end of it, uh, a month over on the uh, on the Patreon uh, as November wraps up. Uh, we did our uh, Survivor Series mixtape uh, at the weekend. December's going to be uh, oh, yes. very busy as well. Uh, Ask, Ask Grapple's going to be coming up there. The Christmas uh, call-in show we'll be doing. Uh, the Grappy Awards, the Crappy Awards, uh, Christmas Film Club, all kinds uh, coming up in December. So look for that schedule. But yeah, November's uh, not quite done yet, JP. Yep, not quite done yet. We've had a, a couple of, uh, well, we recorded a cracking Survivor Series mixtape. Uh, for November, which we did um, recorded on Sunday and is now out on the Patreon as well. Absolutely like cracking stuff in there. And we also get into our our dream teams as well at the same time, which is a concept that kind of went slightly off the rails, but still loved it nonetheless. All of us um, had different uh, visions, didn't we? We did. <laughs> all, all, all the different visions of it as well at the same time. But yeah, it's been hell of a month, November here. We had um, for Simon Mulvaney, we looked at the Ring of Honor Milestone series, we had our five to one with the top five uh, top five tag teams uh, in there that that you guys and Gareth recorded, and then we had month one of the patrons poll, and then I'm burying the lead here. Now free for all listeners, Bretro, the ph- phenomenal, the phenomenon that is Bretro with uh, with Matthew and Gareth 
recording. Absolutely brilliant stuff. You and Gary. I was going to say, must be serious if you're giving me full title, GP. I am. I like, I like sneaking that in occasionally. <laughs> occasionally I'll call Benno Richard for shits and giggles and see the reaction. Then he'll call me John Paul and I'll go yeah. all quiet. But yeah, retro, <laughs> free for everyone. Obviously, as a patron, you had like early access. So when we do like to do these shows, you get a little, little bit of a Billy bonus there as well. But yeah, uh, phenomenal stuff. So it's been like a hell of a November this month. And I'm sure December is going to be equally brilliant. And we're even finding the time in December to go away on the piss in Newcastle You're as well. You're clocking miles with JP. I am indeed. Uh, jet flying. Oh, I'm big on the environment, mate. That's how That's how I am as well. It was genuinely the cheapest way, which is more of a damning indictment of this country than anything yeah. else. Uh, well, just just to hammer it home, obviously, as you said, Retro was exclusive to the uh, to the Patreon, but yeah, yep. is uh, is now available. Two ways you can get it, Matty: uh, get it on the on the Grapple YouTube. Just uh, go yep. to the uh, the Grapple YouTube, yep. and you will uh, you will find it uh, find it over there. Um, obviously, as well, um, we uh, we did that a bit on the Patreon exclusively for patrons, but people might not know. Um, now on Patreon, you can follow um, any given page mm. um, and just. You get the free shows, um, and every now and then we do slip uh, free shows uh, out to uh, your to Monday updates. Yeah, so I do a Monday update now, which just gives you a bit of a calendar of what's uh, what's going on um, on a, on Spotlight in a in a given week, so everyone can get that for free. Um, Retro um, is going to be released in, in that form as well. So if you don't want the uh, the video version, which is uh, is on screen uh, there at the minute from uh, from YouTube, um, get a little bit pixelated here, but Garrett did a cracking job on the uh, on the cover. It's better than that. Um, the internet's just. I've uh, seen the second cover already. Uh, and it's even better. <laughs> there you go. It looks uh, Oh, there you go. We've got double Matty going here. But yeah, you can uh, you can check it out on the on the YouTube if you wish. Don't have to become a member, it's just uh, free for all. Um, youtube.com slash at grapple. But yeah, uh, become a free patron uh, if you want the uh, the mm. audio version. You can uh, watch it uh, listen to it and actually watch it there as uh, as well if you like um all the ways to get to it matty um and yeah cracking job you did and uh it's gonna be a monthly series isn't it so month uh, episode two is gonna be uh out there for patrons again uh in december yeah. but we'll uh, we'll follow the same reschedule. schedule <laughs> Allowed to tip the wink on it, or what's uh, what's going to be on it, or are we uh, are we keeping it very secret? Oh no, that none of that better with Brett. So you you, you got to tune in to to figure out what you listen oh, to what okay. the matches are. So it's that just to be a little bit different, and yeah, it, it was great. And I can rather say it's been a year in the making, so we finally made it happen, and I was excited, nervous, all wrapped into one. But hopefully, it turned out well. I can't wait for the second one. Brilliant. And so, if yeah, you like all of, and if you like all of these, patreon.com forward slash grapple is very much the place to go uh, for, for all of this goodness. So if you enjoy this, go support us over there so we can carry on doing it uh, with these. Yeah. And we've got, like 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 uh, Ben, I said, you said earlier on, we've got a cracking lineup for December as well. Packed December. With loads of stuff mm-hmm. in there, like I mentioned. Film Pretty Club, Arse Grapple, the Grappies and the Crappies. And we all know which oh, one of those two. I can't wait for these year-end shows, boys. I've, I've got a feel it could uh, be in there. I think <laughs> the Crappies is going to be big. Uh, not psychic, but you know. Uh, don't think Tony Khan's winning Booker of the Year this year, even with us. Uh, we'll see. Uh, well, yeah, we'll get there. But speaking of which, uh, that's probably the the plugs out the way. Should move on to uh, to all things uh, AEW. Mm-hmm. And if you think WWE have had a fucking dizzy go of it, obviously, yeah, Tony Khan uh, in the news for his non comments about uh, CM Punk, also uh, the Danielson story, as we uh, we referenced there uh, there as well. But as we say, JP, it's almost like the. Uh, 
the two things uh, go hand in hand, I reckon, uh, when it comes to uh, to what we cover um, on this podcast and on the Patreon. Uh, if we're covering CM Punk, it's almost like it's uh, congratulately, con- contractually obligated that we need to cover uh, AW and Wembley um, at the same time yeah. as well as we uh, as we do know. Um, Tony Khan, um, you know, ever the uh, ever the you know kind of like uh, benevolent billionaire. You know, um, is uh, apparently in the news. He made the BBC um, homepage. He's made the uh, the Daily Mail website, which is uh, the thing that was trying to kill my computer before. Um, made the Daily uh, the Daily Mail website there as uh, AW is uh, apparently agreed to uh, to change the Wembley stage and setup. We talked a bit about that on the uh, on the weekend show, um, and we kind of alluded to it potentially being the reason. Um, it's so Taylor Swift and uh, can play two of her <laughs> their errors tour shows um, around it. So the as we talked about on the weekend show, and that video is free on the YouTube. Um, the, the stage is going to be on the uh, on the uh, on the left hand side rather than uh, the traditional uh, dugout at Wembley. So they're going to use the pretty much the same setup they use for uh, for concerts and such. Also allows AEW to kind of cover for the fact that you know maybe uh, maybe as we alluded to on the on the weekend show, uh, ticket sales. Aren't necessarily um, going to be quite as strong on this uh, on this year mm. too as they are year one. As uh, Tony Khan's alluded to, alluded to, maybe it'll give them a uh, good karma um, going along and, uh, and keep them. What are they called? Swifties, keeping the uh, Swifties, uh, the Swifties are uh, happy. Um, but yeah, we do know that uh, pre-sales are underway. They went underway on Monday um, for the other uh, people on that uh, very exclusive pre-sale list, of which I'm apparently on about four times because I got about twelve <laughs> emails uh, from Ivan at. Uh, a fight TV, got several from Ticketmaster. Um, if you're on it last year, you're on it again this year. But yeah. as our uh, our friends that are uh, wrestle tickets have uh, alluded to, uh, right now apparently there's 14,000 uh, tickets currently available. We did LJP over the weekend of uh, of people on the ticket map um, and trying to uh, trying to get tickets. Ticketmaster kicking them out, but being nowhere near as uh, as busy as it was it was this. Uh, this time, uh, you know, well, not this time last year because we're, we're a lot earlier this year, but when the tickets mm. went on sale for the last one. But it's going to be, as we talked about on the weekend show, JP, a slower go of it, I think. Um, we're not going to be doing these YouTube videos where we're like, oh, they sold 35,000 tickets. Now we're to 40. Now we're to 50. We don't know how many are sold yet on day one, but reading between the lines and what's available right now and just looking at, you know, in the, the video version, the, uh, the the segments of blue, which is uh, a fair amount of seats. Um, I don't think it's, uh, you know, going to be big numbers each day. It's going to be a bit of a, a drip feed this year. Yeah, it feels like it's very much going to be an attritional effect. And I tell you what, if they've got, if they've done a favour for Taylor Swift, you'd be absolutely should be on your knees begging her for a favor of plugging all in because i tell you what if those swifties if they could take to wrestling like the juggalos fucking did at that stage which i know is a very different type of fan base but like if you could like you know you'd want to get them going along wouldn't you it'd be very odd for us being there along to a whole load of taylor swift fans but certainly you'd be getting her to invite her along to the stadium as well wouldn't you be fucking begging her to be there for it but i think and in some ways i think it's related to like another story as part of his interviews as as well um for what tony tony khan had said the fact that there isn't going to be a dynamite or collision before then in the uk i think they've really missed a fucking trick here because in some ways, if they'd had, like, and again, you could have had months out. If you figure that the way this is going to go is it's just going to be trying to stagger sales the whole time. And I'm fearful on the ticket prices because I, I appear to see a lot of kind of analogies to what happened to Arthur Ashe, where for the first one, it felt like they were reasonably priced for an event in central New York. Well, what are we getting here? We're getting an event in central London. 
that was reasonably priced this time round and isn't. So at various points, they're going to have to pop those. Are you going to be relying on their creative at the moment to be the thing that ends up popping those? Oh, they announced this match in advance and mm. stuff like that. Are they really going to get to that point of being able to do it? Or are they just going to rely on, on like some sort of attritional effect for the TV? If they mention it enough times, people end up buying it. Because if it, they're at the price, like the, the, the tickets I got last year have doubled in price, basically. And I'm not mad on me on the floor seats anyway, but I'm fucking certainly not paying anything like that. Like, I'm not mm. paying like the worst work you know the the amount of a fucking mortgage for fucking sitting and like uh, sitting on the floor for all in and i i honestly thought well if they came over at some point in between now and august let's say they did it in like march or wherever maybe would have got an extra boost at that point start to go on tv you've got the prices up there on the video like i mean I won't lie. I'm very much going to be in that twenty-seven, twenty-five camp, which no doubt with Ticketmaster fees is in fact fifty quid. Because that's going to say double them with the ticket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the prices are like quite like dramatically up in in the yeah. main from from what they are, and in terms of like family tickets, which I might have thought of this year, and I'm like, well, actually, oh yeah, no reference to that. Are yeah, you doing it, that again? Because the end up doing it. I think they will end up doing it. Communication hasn't been great. Like, I mean, we're getting these prices from basically screenshots people are posting. Like, we don't really, we assume they're the only price points, but, you know, obviously it being a pre sale, there's only going to be certain tickets available. So there might yeah. be other price points sitting in the middle mm. as well. It's hard because we're just getting a piecemeal, aren't we? People who are trying to go for tickets anecdotally saying, oh, the section I had last year is now, you know, that one bit more expensive. And if I want the same price, if I pay the same price, um, the section behind it is anecdotally what it sounds like people are saying. Twenty seven twenty five is still, you know, like I say, with fees, reasonable for the upper decks. As I said in the weekend show, 100% what I'm doing. I'm scared now because I'm like, I can leave it till the week before. It feels like everyone is saying that. Like, and everyone is like, you know what? I had me, I, I had me big you know, splurge last year. And there will be the dickheads who drop 10 grand to be front row, you know, a grand and a half to be front row as it, as it is here. And, you know, that's a fucking, you know, at minimum wage, that's basically a full time wage, isn't it? It's uh, yeah. you know, more than a, than a minimum wage, a uh, full time wage for a month. That like it's fucking terrifying that some people are willing to spend that, and there will be those people. But anecdotally, it feels like maybe it's just our bubble, and maybe you know we got some feedback in the YouTube comments for our video last week. Um, Matty, like it feels to me like a lot of people yeah. are, are in the same boat. People are either waiting and seeing, or outright saying, "I'll get a cheap seat near at the time." People are aware how cheap it got in the end as we got closer as well, and I think. Our mates are kind of in that same boat as well, where it's like if we if everyone even goes, because you know you're just not getting that enthusiasm here um, right now, and it's very early, but still, um, yeah, it's, it's very fair, different to uh, animal this year. It is very early, and, and a fair play for them for doing that, which which they should do. But I certainly won't be spending two hundred pounds on a ticket there next year to go. I'll be going, you of did, course. Yeah, I did, did two hundred, and JP. Even if I was a millionaire, mate, I still wouldn't pay a grand and a half to sit front row. <laughs> I just nah. wouldn't do it. But fucking principle, yeah. But I will say, like as I say, they've done what I think they've done the right thing, which you guys were saying last year should be out early. And I know that's only a pre-sale, but, you know, I'm doing the same as you, though, Benno. Like, I should have listened to you <laughs> last time, to be honest. Like, getting tickets, like, you say there's always three quid. I still don't believe that. <laughs> like, that's just so on the day. Like, you know, even if you're sitting, as you, JP, I was the same as you. I was like the lower, basically the first, like, stand bit, you know what I mean? And yeah. I, could, I could hardly see it. I was basically watching the screen. 
and you couldn't see the entrances, but the, the, the shift in that anyway, aren't they? So you're seen by the um, so everyone can actually see it this time. But yeah, I'd rather just sit high up. And like the stage might take them off the stadium, like yeah. you know, <laughs> the way ah, they sort of live yeah. attempt that's over. I'll two cents, and I think they'll still do a, a great number. I still think they'll do like 50. I said 60, 60. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, 60. yeah, 60 65, Benno, come, come bell time. I don't think they'll pass 50. He's talking really? on the weekend. So. No, I think it'll be high 40s. That's my guess. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm being pessimistic again. I was pessimistic the first time. On the day, Ben. Um, I think there's things about this. This, this, this well, we thought they were going to do that last time. Yeah. And they true. didn't. We thought they were going to do promotion and it never happened. We were expecting, like, you know, like they should be on like the likes of a this morning on the reg. Sunday brunch, like all of those shows going out there, there should be people Definitely over here plugging the, plugging the sale going on on this Friday. So, mm. You know that should be the kind of stuff that we should be seeing now. We don't. And again, it's a boring point I make. Who are the people in charge of it? Why isn't it being promoted in that way? Why aren't they thinking about it? Why isn't there like kind of posts in place where there's people that that's their job, that's what they're thinking about, and it should be out there. A lot Jeff Jarrett over me. <laughs> do you know what would be alright just put him on TalkSport put him on like TalkSport yeah. regularly as well him and Simon Jordan and he just starts bringing it you get, know, that get, single on show, get them on everything JP literally hammered it like different people just the, you know just do they're it. the things of what would WWE do to build up a show like this well they would have a couple of their wrestlers over here talking about it before the big sale like that would be mm. the kind of stuff that you would expect it was even Tony Khan when he was being interviewed it wasn't like he was on Five Live. It was on BBC West Midlands. Not slight to BBC West Midlands, which I'm sure is a cracking local radio network, but it's not Five Live. Do you know what I mean? It's not a national like station. You're still searching for it on BBC Sounds. You know, they're the kind of things that you I would be like, come on, this needs to be like a like again, treat it like a big deal. Like mm. that's the thing. I think the first time around they had the goodwill of people and the excitement of seeing AEW first time. It's like, well, you haven't got that this time round. How are you going to do it? And it's like, well, you're going to have to do more orthodox kind of promotion and things like that. And there's going to be points where you're going to want to kind of have real, like kind of burst and maybe like, getting ITV to show some more of the pay-per-views on the Thursday, like they did with all in, that might mm. be a route that they may need to go down in order to get people there. But it's going to be a hard and a lot's depending on the creative that's that's the big thing. We're relying basically on the creative selling this. They're going to sell it on Osprey going for the title, which they should. But that's going to be the major selling point that I think will get what I said. About which is another one. You know, we we undersold Osprey last time, I think, and we all oh, you know, yeah. that's why sat I, in the bill and we're like, "Fucking hell, he's way more over yeah. than I thought he would." Still think you can oversell it in that, like you know, can he be that level of draw? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Is Omega and Osprey you know as big a draw as it would have been last year? Probably similar but you know the program you know felt more relevant last year but i'm sure you can go osprey and you know omega if they did that i'm sure they can you know find a way but yeah i don't know it just i think it goes into the kind of the, the conversation that follows on from this which is aw just not being a hot ticket and like me and Matt, me and uh, jp talk about it all the time matty like with like i'm um, you know looking at it historically you know ecw's best business success came after the creative peak. It's just a thing that happens in wrestling. It happened, you know, with Gabe ROH, you know, it became too big to sustain itself past the uh, the creative peak. It came with progress even on a, on, a, on a lower level. We were all sat at Wembley Arena, probably 
two years past the year, you know, the real peak of, of what progress was. It seems to happen over and over again, you know, through wrestling history. Obviously, there's a, there's other examples as well. This feels like another one of them. I, I feel like Wembley came, you know, after, you know, we AW was, you know, such a hot, cool thing uh, in this country. As as we keep talking about, as WWE becomes more the babyface promotion and AW is kind of turning heel a little bit on at least a lot of its hardcore fan base. I just don't know if that goodwill uh, is going to be there to sustain a big show like this. It speaks to, you know, attendances in America, you know, being down because it hasn't got... You know, just when you're not hot, you're not hot. You know, you're just not. And sometimes it can feel like no matter what you do, you know, you can't, you can't win. You know, it, it takes time, and you know, you lighting that fire again is not as simple um, as we would all all like it to be. And it speaks to like where we are with it with AEW. You know, right now uh, 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 as a whole, they just can't buy a win right now. I don't think <laughs> AEW. Like maybe this will be one for them. Um, but yeah, I just. Feel more and more like yeah, Wembley was Wembley was their business peak, um, at least from a attendance point of view and a house point of view, and we're past that now, and it's going to be diminishing returns. Um, but yeah, to, to that point, I suppose we uh, we get into the, uh, the the different AW news as the the company uh, continues to uh, to shoot itself in the foot <laughs> in some ways and in other ways. Uh, maybe we can be uh, we can be kinder. Like you wouldn't expect me to leave with this as a story, but I honestly think this is a big story, JP. QT Marshall, we should talk about that. Like it's, um, mm. you know, we had a lot of conversations over the last couple of weeks when it comes to like state of AEW, and I think the obvious reaction to QT Marshall um, leaving <laughs> leaving AEW is kind of like, at least from an in ring point of view, I think a lot of people might say good riddance. I always had time for him as like an undercard kind of, you know, heel who can stooge around and can uh, get and someone over easily. Yeah, yeah. there's. there's there's something to that, and obviously, you know, outstayed as welcome. Definitely, when you know TV time was being spent on on him and QTV, and that's another Punk story that came on the last couple of hours. Apparently, Punk was the one who uh, who wanted to get Hobbs out of uh, QTV, and uh, eventually Good. got to be the bad guy to get Tony to shut the entire thing down, which probably didn't help uh, with QT Marshall's uh, morale. Um, but that's the on-screen character. I think what people forget, JP, is how pivotal. QT Marshall was backstage, and I'm not saying for good or bad. We often don't know, and it's easy to laugh at it. And when we talked about him maybe going to WWE, and go, well, "What's QT Marshall going off?" And it's like, well, you know, one face value. What's Adam Pearce or Abyss or Steve Carino or Jimmy Jacobs or you know a lot of people who didn't have an amazing who weren't amazing wrestlers. What can they offer backstage? We don't mm. always know. It's like the Premier League. Like I was fucking shocked. I was watching the West Ham game the other day. Johnny Heitinger was sat behind Moyes, and I was like, what? He's on his coaching team. <laughs> Since when? Like, you know, or like, I always use the example with you, JP, with Everton. Like, in, you know, in the Moyes era again, like, it was like, you know, Phil Neville, he's going to be a great manager one day. It's obvious. Look at him. Like, no one had the conversation about Mikel Arteta. No yeah. one thought that in a million years. You just don't know, do you? And it's not necessarily the best players, they make the best coaches. So, you know, we can read between the lines on whether QT Marshall was a, was an overall positive to backstage at AEW or whether he's a, a real potential WWE hire. But we, we don't necessarily know. But like based on all the you know the, the outpouring, he was clearly very popular with the roster. Mm. And he was clearly very pivotal. Like I say at a time you look back to those pandemic era shows, JP, like yeah. those took place in his gym. Um and you know that was always the thing. Yeah, Tony Khan's the booker 
but it's QTU lays out the shows. Like they were like the one two. He was he was just one B at a point. Like yep. Cody did a tweet today basically saying that's that's what his role is at one point. And obviously this change over time, whether it's the creator pro guys, um, as I know where uh, Joe Lanzer will allude to of uh have kind of crept in and taken over. Jimmy Jacobs being there, Tony Khan's mm -hmm. uh, new favorite. He's clearly fell out of favor, and we can discuss, you know, whether that's for the good or bad, but I think this is a story and it tells you that there's clearly a change, you know, that's happened backstage over the last while. I think anyone can see that. Yeah, there is, isn't it? And I think, you know, you mentioned about the pandemic. I mean, that was massive. And the reason it was massive was they still had to produce shows. There was a fair chance if they weren't able to produce shows that TNT wouldn't, they hadn't signed the contract with them. That was the thing. They were very, very close to kind of like, like kind of going under or, you know, and those pandemic shows being able to produce TV was a massive deal, and they did it in his gym. And like you say, he held many, many hats. I mean, I think one of the issues, you know, he did say about, like, he wants to be a wrestling star, to which I thought, well, I'd like to play centre forward for fucking Arsenal and Ireland, mate. We'll see who gets lucky first here. Like, you know, to quote the great Brian Potter, I want a moonwalk, son, but life's a shithouse. So, like, you know, these... You don't always get what you want necessarily from it, but I think it's the backstage element. And, like, we don't... The difficult is wrestling scripts aren't made kind of public, are they? And they're not the leaks. We don't ever see in exactly what the contribution is necessarily that's there. His comment for the story you brought up on screen that AEW is becoming like New Japan, I mean... <laughs> It's a, it's a wild comment. There's a lot there because I think the version of if New Japan, up, if that is true, like if it's coming like modern day New Japan, like at the minute, it's certainly not becoming 2017 New Japan, which I fucking dream that it becomes like that promotion. But I, I don't ever think that's going to be happening anytime soon. There's, there's creative criticism, obviously, to go around. I'm just probably, I think for myself, I'm not convinced that QT Marshall was in that place and the fact that there's things like qtv that was shit and he seems like bemused as to why that was taken off tv and you kind of again go to tony khan's man management that's where you say to him because it's shit mate that's why we're taking it off tv it's fucking shit and it's not doing anything probably get daniel bryan to have a word wouldn't he yeah mm. oh he would get daniel bryan to have a word on that one and say it in the loveliest way possible and they go ah oh, do you know what yeah he's a he's a good lad really you know but here i think that's it feels it always felt he's a Cody guy and mm. ultimately yeah. he's a hangover from that. And the fact he was in AAA for months, like being able to do effectively the Jarrett heel shtick, the Sam Adonis heel shtick that they kind of love of, of, you know, gringo wrestler comes in and starts saying vaguely racist things to the crowd and the rest of it while wrestling in the stars and stripes. He fulfilled that purpose. You know, it's just that if he goes to WWE He's not going to be going there as a, as a star, as like a main roster figure. It would be fucking backstage. It would be creative for it. So I wonder if, you know, part of that element is there. But it's, again, another sign that not all is like kind of rosy, particularly backstage, like in that place. And well, I mean, I naturally want to bring Matty in here because as Chris Elliott says, QT, you're not a fan of wrestling for points. Um, that was the final straight. straw for him. That was the final <laughs> straw, really. Well, I got up on here for the video viewers. Obviously, Cody saying, you know, he, he did the work. He's a pro's pro, which is a quote we like to throw around here. <laughs> and a great number two, like I say, Cody saying it there through his, uh, through his tenure. Um, it all, obviously, Cody has quote tweeted what, uh, what QT Marshall said. And a lot of people picked up on that, that QT did say, the company has changed a lot since 2019 and is heading in a different direction. 
I will give a shout out to, to our friends over at, at Wrestle Purist. I think they've done a better job of maybe making a little bit more sense of you know what this issue is um with, with QT Marshall. Um, you know, obviously there is the element of he wants to be in ring more, but I think that's a different conversation. Like everybody, you know, should yeah. want to be in ring more if you're a, if you're a pro wrestler. Um, and maybe not necessarily an AW, as, as you've said, uh, Matty. But you know, apparently, yeah, you know, there are mixed opinions and perspectives on how wrestling should be presented among the uh, producers and uh, and key figures in AW. Uh, apparently, QT was one of the key voices championing a more entertainment based approach to wrestling TV, and that he leans on characters and the entertainment approach and feels he can contribute on screen in that regard. Apparently, wasn't a fan of some of the shifts in AEW Creative. Felt the company was telling wasn't telling great stories like they used to. Because as I always say, Matty, there's good and bad stories. Um, but he does say, and in a quote that will make you happy, Matty. Uh, apparently, in his view, putting on a bunch of high end, high rate matches with no story or build is being like New Japan. That's how he saw it. And you know, me and JP will argue till the cows come home. New Japan at their peak told very good stories using the wrestling in the ring. I don't know if we necessarily want to have that argument today. Eddie um, awards that one again. Keep but, this but I think it's been, it's been the headline, but maybe it's been a touch misquoted because, you know, obviously as uh, Raspiro said, no intimate plans for AEW to become like New Japan. It's just kind of how he, how he, uh, how he felt. And yeah, it goes into the the whole QT, Mark, the QTV thing. And obviously, yeah, very well liked uh, backstage uh, with, with talent and staff. But yeah, um, interesting one. Maybe we'll get more detail on it. Feels an odd. I mean, <laughs> is AEW really becoming more like New Japan? I mean, no. <laughs> we I was going to say that. Man. I'm a bit conflicted here. Yeah, no, because he's saying he wants more entertainment, but hasn't he been Allegedly. so much entertainment lately? But has that mm. gone too far with like Jimmy Jacobs taking it too far with the comedy side yeah, of it? What's the conversation we had with yeah. Gareth? It's like, what is sports entertainment? You know, I mean, I don't think me and JP have ever been rallying against the idea of promos and characters. Um, it's mm. the types of promos That's and characters, what I'm saying, yeah. the tone yeah. and all, and all that. They've gone too far with it. Yeah, it's the MJF thing. And I think a lot of it's probably just that that power battle backstage that's happened and you know yeah. he's yeah. lost <laughs> and jimmy jacobs and that new school kind of uh, but he trained everyone better didn't he he trained all the young guys and girls like hobbs and jade and that they were all you know when they were on elevation and all that yeah manager comparison we, we don't know for certain whether he's a great you know trainer yes triple h threw a couple of barbs in about jake cargill about uh you know needing more rep but uh, that's not necessarily cute he, he, i know, think that's trained, uh, on, on telly doing it yeah, not, not, she, yeah. She, she should have been, and I keep us keep saying it, she should have been on fucking in actual dark matches, you know, working, you know, more experienced wrestlers more often than she did in, uh, in AEW. I mean, that necessarily makes QT a bad trainer. In general, you hear good things. Um, and in general, that's another thing to lose that pipeline, JP, to a two way yeah. training school. A lot of that, you know, their students have wound up on it. On WTV for uh, for better or worse, but maybe they'll just use the creator pro skill going forward, and that'll be what happens. But yeah, it's it's worth knowing. It is like it's more. There's more to it than oh, the QTV man is gone. You know, I think it just yeah, it's oh yeah, says uh, something. Yeah, and it's like I say, I think the the proof in all of this is where the creative goes over the next few months, and the kind wow. of like say <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to that point, <laughs> and uh, you know. I'm not saying I was excited or happy when I saw that a, that a man was injured, but the other big AEW story we, uh, we need to talk about, which does link in, apparently uh, MJF has a torn labrum um, that he, he put on Twitter and then deleted the post. Um, and it has been a little bit lost in the uh, in the news cycle, saying he got an MRI, tore his labrum, his left shoulder, but he'll still be defending his title at World's End. 
and that he believes in AEW. Very similar to the a lot of the rah rah uh, tweets that have uh, gone around uh, in the uh, in the shadow of uh, Punk joining uh, WWE. Uh, apparently, the injury uh, was during the match with Jay White at Full Gear in a separate incident from the hip injury he got from uh, you know doing that spot to the outside, which was fucking daft at the time. Yeah. I mean, I went JP from. I wasn't celebrating that he was hurt. I'm not that much of a gobshite. But I was kind of like, oh, you know, uh, I don't know if I creatively would, would... And this is coming from me, of all people, Matty. It, it's a bit like the uh, the Nigel and Brian argument. People uh, on the Discord might expect me to uh, to back the calls for that to be the match at Wembley. I will not. Um, I think it would be a bad use of Brian. I think it would be an overestimation of who Nigel is in the grand scheme of things. And some things just need to be left in the past, I think. Um, it wouldn't be a good match. Um you know, that's not my take. And I think, you know, um, when, it, when it comes to Samoa Joe being the, uh, the AW World Champion, probably, you know, at this point in his career, probably not a call I'd make. However, backed into this corner and he's the number one contender. Maybe it's now or never. I was almost warming to, to getting excited about that. But I think what's actually going to happen here, JP, is that uh, MJ, we're just going to get more bollocks and ballyhoo. You know, if it takes six to eight weeks to to you know recover from this, which is the estimates I've seen thrown around, some longer ones too, and some shorter ones. But let's say it that say it's that. I'm worried about the TV over the next two months. You're not going to get less MJF. You're not going to get less of the bullshit. You're going to get more of it. Might get less kangaroo kicks, but you're going to get. It's going to be fucking Roddy yep. Strong with an neck brace on, Alan Cole on crutches, and fucking. <laughs> In a sling. Oh, imagine how he's... creative he's going to get with it. He's not going to drop the title either. I don't believe that in a million nope. years. Like, he's 100% beating Joe at World's End with, like, all his limbs could be broken. He's going to pin him with his forehead. Like, it's coming, in it? Like, yeah. how can we get it? <laughs> Which, when you think about it as well, like, this kind of serves the purpose of it. It feels like he's dealing with a lot of injuries on a very consistent basis. And, which is in some ways should always be the big story with your world champion. It's like you can get to be champion. Staying champion is really tricky. And after a while, your body starts to fail you because of the attritional nature of being champion and having to kind of carry that workload. So I always think you can do something where he loses the title and then he says, well, I wasn't 100% and then he comes back and he's more focused and he's a slightly different character, a different character who's more serious. And this sounds fucking great in my head. But I know full well that none of that will actually happen. That he will go over Samoa Joe. He's more likely to just give up the belt after beating Samoa Joe, which would just make Samoa Joe look kind of useless as well. And even it kind of makes him like if we thought it was bad, like the Jay White with one leg, fuck me, the Samoa Joe match is just going to be ridiculous. It's just be like the Dark Knight from fucking Holy Grail, no arms or legs, challenging them to a challenging King Arthur to a fight, but actually winning. Like and just go. Oh, okay, right. Dark Knight's gone over, even though it's just a head uh, at this stage. So it's it's a real like. I think there was there's an opportunity of taking it off in the way that champions can get injured because it's part and parcel of kind of being a champion, and this can happen, and you can make it play into it, and then you make the rematches bigger. And if Joe is a transitional champion pushed into a corner, I think that's all right, even if he held it for a month. Until January, say, it's got to be a quick rain, JP. And then what you do, I don't know. Work out a way of putting it on the Hangman page, and Swerve Strickland gets really pissed off, and then we just have that feud again, like you said, where we just airlift that and we put that into the mix, and it it'll be it's about how. But instead, we're not going to get that. We're going to get loads and loads of bells and whistles and character <laughs> stuff More instead. Likely. 
They're more likely to put the belt on Adam Cole. <laughs> I was going to say that. He's done the one. Jamesy's back on Twitter. Great to see him back. But like Jamesy was saying, like this is this is chickens coming over to roost because MJF couldn't get beat on that pay per view when he had like yeah. one leg. <laughs> like, now, like they probably, I mean, and, and also they set up that rule, didn't they? Where apparently, you know, Jay White would just get the belt. So presumably, if MJF's injured, Joe just gets the belt. Apparently, is that not the logic we've uh, we've set up? But yeah, wouldn't shot me if Adam Cole gets out of the match or some other daftness. Um, and it's an open goal to just go, you know what? Fucking bin it all. Let's start again. But yeah, I don't think uh, based on the uh, the stories we get about creative, I don't think that's uh, that's changing anytime soon. But yeah, excited for the Ballyhoo, Matty. Oh, I mean, as I say, you know, people like a few people have said, and even yourself, that I should like that type of stuff, but it just goes too far. It's just the hamminess of it. And like you're saying there, there's probably going to be more, but can you just imagine if he had to give it up, JP? Can you imagine how hammy and over the top and in tears he'd be giving that title up? So if we could start in the comedy, did you see that, to be fair? Oh. So he can't win at the moment, MJF, can he? Because I, I used to think he was like... Oh, it's a crap. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I like him I, overall. I think he is good, but this this baby face run, nah, it's a fucking bust. Um, but yeah, I mean, on that note, to get into AW over the uh, the last while, obviously we're, we're way into the Continental Classic now. I'm sitting second uh, in the uh, in the Pickums over mm. on our Discord. I'm feeling uh, happy with that. Part of that's because my name begins with B, but I don't care. Still second um, on the technicality. Has the Continental Classic helped uh, with your interest on the TV over the weekend, JP? I mean, it's been completely lost in the shuffle, uh, Rampage and Collision. I Honestly, I sat there watching the shit WWE pre-show to Survivor Series for 20 minutes before I just happened to notice. I was like, is someone talking about Rampage? What? I was like, fuck, it's on. And I put it on like 20 minutes in and caught like the tail end of it. Um, only notable thing there, Wheelie Utah beating uh, Shibata for the pure title, which is they're not a sloppy shop at all uh, right now because no. apparently uh, <laughs> Shibata is uh, is having to go back to Japan because of, and this was reported again by by Wrestle Purists, and I've I think I'd say personally a bit similar. Um, Shibata's visa was up two days before final battle. Great planning, lads. Um, you know, so they couldn't have them keep the battle. I don't, I don't even know what final battle is at this point. They haven't got a world title anymore, ROH, and now, yeah, I had the pure champion to the TV champion as far as not making it. So obviously they had to, they had to make the switch with you to just tell you, you know, where we are. Um, Shibata was rushed off uh, back to Japan. That was a notable happening off, uh, off Rampage. Have you got any takes on that, JP, or just the overall Continental Classic from, uh, from Collision? Um, when the ratings do officially come out for that, like I said uh, earlier, it's going to be rough. Um, it's not looking good. Yeah, yeah, it is going to be rough for it. And again, I'd have to say, comparing Collision to Raw, I know which of the two programs I'd still very much prefer, even for the faults and the issues I have with AEW at the moment. <laughs> Raw did help with that. <laughs> yeah, it did, didn't it? Like even the, even the twenty minute Raw, I was like, oh, I know which of these I still prefer on on there um, as much. I mean. I enjoyed Eddie Kingston, Brody King. I mean, Brody King appears to be kind of like getting over as well, like as a, as a singles guy. And I thought it was interesting having like, like Buddy Matthews teaming up with Alistair Black to his original music. Yeah. And I thought, oh yeah, them as a tag team kind of makes more sense. Really. They're kind of more, mm. because Brody I, King feels like it's someone who's, who's worth going with and investing in. Yeah, I, I like I love Brody and uh, and Eddie Kingston. Like I was mm. say that was my highlight of the weekend as far as wrestling yeah. goes. It was very quickly forgotten about because <laughs> again, collision wasn't the primary thing at the uh, at the weekend. But like that was more like it. We were again 
Dynamite review is uh, is free on the YouTube most weeks from the weekend show. I'll usually post it on a on a few days delay. So if you miss us uh, doing the uh, the match by match breakdown of Dynamite, get that uh, for free over on the YouTube channel. But like I, you know, we were saying they didn't start the tournament very well. I thought with Dynamite, uh, you know, you want you want a hot start to a tournament like this if you've planned it out. They clearly haven't because Tony Khan pulled the idea out of his ass last Saturday and invented the Continental title um, Saturday afternoon. And that's still at the belt makers based on uh, on the TV because they covered it up, haven't they, with the, uh, the little, little sheet. Uh, that'll get revealed once the uh, the belt actually gets made. I'm sure they'll come up with, uh, with more ideas before the end of the tournament. But because it was a rushed tournament, I think that their opening round of matches on Dynamite were fine. But they weren't really like, oh, what an exciting tournament. It wasn't your G1 opening day feeling. It was a couple of heels wrestled each other and the matches were all right. Uh, and Moxley and, Brisk, um, Jay, and Mark Briscoe as the, the main event was all right. On It was probably the, the pick of the three on Dynamite with it being more of a face versus face-ish battle. I did feel like to that point, Bro- Brody, uh, Brody King and Eddie Kingston was more like it. That felt like a tournament and a hot match. That felt like two big lads knowing the importance and the urgency of a tournament, putting over the importance of winning that match. Eddie Kingston, who can sell ice to an Eskimo. Um, yeah. Although I might have said that about Punk until I saw that promo this week. But like, you know it was not his idea to put these belts up in this tournament. He struggled to... Even he has struggled to make that feel like it was his idea and not just a random one Tony Khan plucked out of his fucking ass. But he's trying. And... You know, on on collision, I bought it. I bought the pro- the post match promo as well. That uh, that's that's out there, like that. He it meant something to him losing to Brody and Brody King gained loads from beating Eddie Kingston. It made him a factor in the tournament, and that's what the good G ones were built on. JP, those little upsets, those little moments yeah. where you go, oh fuck! Now Eddie Kingston's gonna have to come back from behind if he does want to get his belt. So there you go. You had a little bit of bit of drama in there. A lot more like it for me. Still not really prestigious match, and we'll go through the lineup for this week. It's a couple of matches I'm into, but you know we're still not maybe quite there yet. But more like it for me. Um, and I thought Daniel yeah. Garcia was all right too in a in his showing against Claudia. Yeah, it was. I think the thing that it lacked was, and you you spoke about this, but um, we spoke on the weekend show. But Brian Danish not being able to be there, like it was like if you'd had that to kind of like kind of tail it off that would have been because who would have been he would have been him and i'm trying to think of the other person who's in that blue league block oh name escapes me but anyway we would have had a brian danielson match and so it would have been like kind of you know great to have andrade that would have been Mm -hmm. you know we'd already had that one before and it was good so you could have had that that one in there again as well but you know at the same time this was as good as it like this felt more you know because you think about what you want like from a from like a G1 and that's where the comparisons always going to lie with this is you need those kind of upsets and Eddie Kingston is the perfect person to tell this story with of someone mm-hmm. kind of battling through because the thing I think with this storyline in terms with with Eddie Kingston is he has to do well in this tournament given the fact because otherwise he'll look like the ultimate mug for giving up two titles to ultimately finish kind of nowhere it's not beyond the realms of possibility that it's booked that way but it shouldn't be like this should be in some ways about if you're doing one thing with this, and I hate the triple crown stuff with this because it's just a, it's a fake triple crown. Like it's not even like your established titles, it's not TNT and world title and fucking you know the what's the other the one that Orange Cassidy has um, mm. as well at, at the same time. You know the, the international. international one, international one. There's so many, I can't keep up with them. 
That's the, that's the other thing. That's the other massive change since 2019 that QT Marshall's probably alluding to. It's like, where did all these fucking titles come from? This is mental. Um, but the, yeah. the, fa- the fact that, you know, you have all of these, like, you know, the, these belts and stuff into the mix. And some, I was thinking, well, what can you, what is the best case scenario? It's like, will you have Eddie Kingston go really fucking far into this and, and not, win it but at the same time it's kind of putting him into that top line mix that's what you should be doing with it and it felt like at least with like daniel garcia i was like okay it's fine he's gonna eat pins but he's it's about restoring credibility so if he can go there and actually have good matches week after after each of the shows then i'm fine with that Brody king at the same thing it's about establishing him as a new fresh monster and i think the reactions to him showed that actually the crowd want to see something fresh and he is He's fresh and he's 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 untapped, and he carries himself well. I remember when he beat Derby, um, when he what was it when he was uh, facing for the TBS title, he kind of really yeah, with the chokeout spot, the chokeout spot on Derby Allen on the outside. That was like kind of great, and I thought, you know, mm. when we saw him in Ring of Honor, it was like he's very raw, but he certainly has a look, and he is more than that. Like now, and yeah. there's always that that kind of potential for him at the same time. And yeah, not just him. Like I say, I thought Daniel Garcia definitely gave yeah. a good account of himself. I liked his promo. I talked about it on the uh, on the Monday update. In in one way, and I like disliked it in another. Like you know, things things are nuanced, but like you know, it was a little bit galling that he was like, yeah, you know, and people are saying I'm the pin eater in this tournament and I don't belong. And sometimes I believe that myself. And it's like, ah, maybe you shouldn't be in it then, mate. Um, <laughs> gave it. Maybe Kenny Omega should have been in your spot just from a KP point of view. Not withstand on the real life reasons he's uh, he's not there but his promo was good he delivered and the match you know he looked like a he's going to be the underdog of the tournament he's probably I've, I've got on my pickums for him to get a draw against Danielson yeah. and that'll be his big fucking win and then we push on from there um, that's probably a spoiler but spoiler yeah, in like a big that. way is is like that's perfect role because, through. because yeah. that's what you'll remember from it yeah. like if they've thought it through which they won't have <laughs> Well, I mean, that's the thing about this tournament as well. Like, well, we're counting on it to save the TV, as we talked about with Dynamite, with the MJF segment, with the Tony Storm segment that we both hated. Um, you know, even with the Christian segment, which started well, but as we uh, we kind of both agreed, um, ended up just in the realm of ridiculous. With you know, oh Nick Nick fucking Wayne's mum's gonna get a concerto, is she? I'm supposed to believe that, and there's no consequences to this. Okay, lads, um, <laughs> didn't love Dynamite from an angle point of view, but the matches weren't good enough to make up for it. They were fine, and I like all, most of the wrestlers involved, but they weren't. This week coming up, um, maybe a better better selection. Um, Dynamite's got Moxley versus Jay Lethal, Mark Briscoe versus Roosh, and Jay White versus Swerve Strickland. Very, no, just kind of realized very heel heavy that uh, that gold side of the block. But mm. as far as a heel versus heel match, I'm quite intrigued by Jay White and, uh, and Swerve Strickland. It's a bit unfortunate that Swerve's got all this heat right now and he's being forced into being the de facto babyface in matches. Um, but he's over anyway, so I'm sure it'll be fine. And then, yeah, on the collision side, uh, we've got Danielson versus Kingston. That's a big match. Quite excited for that. Andrade versus Garcia and uh, and Brody King versus Claudio. So it's a it's a much better in ring week. It's just what they pepper around it. Um, but yeah, wrestling for points, Matty, you knew, and it uh, it can work. Once it's the semi finals, I'll be there. Well, I will say, like from Collision, the one th- you know, as much as I having a go at MJF and the shit that was surrounding the tournament matches on Dynamite. Adam Copeland's promo on Collision, last thing I'll mention, 
Mm. Really, really good. Um, Seen that. It's funny, Matty. Like, it's a good one for you, this, because, like, I think I, I saw him on uh, RJ City's talk show, and he's so likable. Like, he's such a nice man. Oh, he's a bit of a geek. Comes and across, he fuck, yeah. you know, it's like the, we all, me and Gareth always mention it, the podcast with Christian. It's just a fucking wrestling geek who's one of us, who's yeah. just bubbly and kind of, you know, Willa used to hate bubbly. It's what all the girls used to put on dating sites when I was a teenager. But anyway, um, he's bubbly and he's happy and he's excitable um, <laughs> back in those days. Face party was that the website, remember that? Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was, but he comes across like, yeah, like someone you want to hang around with and who's like, mm. yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's quite cool and tuned him in. He, he knows his stuff. Yeah. And then he gets on TV and he has to act and he has to be serious. And I get it, you know, you want money-making feuds, but it doesn't always land. This one landed, I will say. Like, he was top form, talking about how he did, it, it actually worked. I'm saying he didn't want Christian's belt. He just wants to take it off Christian. Like, yeah. maybe Dolly's belt a little bit, but, like, it adds to that, like, personal stakes. They've got the match coming up in December. We knew it was coming regardless. But I really thought he carried his load. First time I've been repressed by him, I think, since he's uh, came in. I don't know if you've had a, a chance to see it, Matty, but, yeah, if he's going to do this and he's going to have to be serious, uh, serious cope, then this was the, uh, the best side of him, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Thought it was a you know, good promo, but I'll say he's been doing these for years, won't I? But yeah, I know what you mean. This was a good one, and I couldn't believe that the match is going to be this quick, to be honest. I thought they'd save for the pay-per-view, but I get it with it I being on Canada, isn't it? It's a, it's in, mm. is it, I don't know what city they're in, but I definitely know it's Canada for the Dynamite on sure. the 8th, or something, yeah. the 7th, whatever it is. But yeah. Be a, so do you think that'll be a bit of a schmaz, and then there'll be a TLC then? They're not going to be able to help themselves, are they? Of course there is. Bubba Ray will be the fucking ref. Devon will be on the outside. <laughs> yeah, and See the Ardies will be in Coventry. <laughs> Coming in it. <laughs> Saying that Dudley's going to do the B contract there. Legends deals. So hopefully that's there. That's not happening. But no, my Coke 10 is not coming. Uh, Chris Alley's in the chat. He's not going to be my... Uh, oh, he's Montreal. not going to be my new way. He might do it. He might do yeah. it, lads. <laughs> he genuinely might <laughs> What did you make of that Christian segment, lad? Like, I could imagine you... Either loving or hating that. I hate to I agree with Melter. Hate to agree with you, Bello, To be honest, it started off good, and then it did get. I was I like, "Come on, Soros for That's the one. Like, yeah, absolutely, calling kills. No, I, I listened to the weekend show. I'm more with JP on it. I don't love oh, the names. Right. I don't really like the prodigy. I'm I'm all with JP. It should be Nick Cage. That should be. Yeah. He should be calling them. Fully wants that. No, it's not, Bello. It's that brilliant. I think. Oh, I don't know, maybe he should have unmasked or if he's going to do that and belittle him, if he's going to turn face what I've gathered or that might come soon. But if you're going to rename him, get rid of the mask as well. Get rid of it all. Just, you know, reset him completely. But yeah, it was good. It started off a good, but then as you say, with the mum stuff and that and and then obviously she's watching Nick Wayne get the concerto and then she's got to go over to him. So they're trying, but it was just a bit too much again, yeah. Acting a lot of Nick Wayne to sell that, aren't you? I don't know, like, oh, yeah, I'm fine with me. He did wear his death brace at the wrestling con, though, didn't he? The weekend, I seen that. <laughs> he sold that, yeah. <laughs> Fair play to him. Uh, any other thoughts on that, or the, uh, the, week, the week's uh, AWTV, um, JP? That's kind of all we know for Dynamite uh, this week. Those uh, those matches, yeah. pretty much. Match heavy, uh, we expect for the, with Dynamite. As it should be. Fuck you, QT Marshall. Just like good old New Japan. He needs those stories. Get rid of that. T Tony Storm gone. Just lads looking serious, wrestling each other, not talking at all. That's that's what we want, Matty, isn't it? Proper wrestling for points. 
But you, you're going to get the right blend. You're going to get you're going to get it all. You're going to get wrestling for points, yeah. and you're going to get MJF in hospital with Adam Cole yeah. bringing them like fruit, and then Samoa Joe being in force guarding the door. You're going to get a proper hybrid. Definitely are. He is. He's going to be in hospital, and you're going to have him with balloons, aren't you? You're going to have that. And Samoa <laughs> Joe pretending to be a doctor <laughs> at some point. Oh, God. The devil is going to spookily appear behind his bed and then go back or under the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, on that note, uh, quickly, other quick uh, AW uh, news stories. Uh, JP, any thoughts on uh, on the other thing from Tony Card's interview uh, this week, saying that Osprey's going to be able to work... Uh, New Japan, virtually anytime, um, whenever he uh, whenever he wants, uh, apparently, uh, going forward. That's going to turn out to be true. Um, <laughs> I think uh, AW's uh, become the uh, the big brother in that relationship, hasn't it? It's like what New oh, Japan has to do with ROH. Tony Khan's yeah. very much in the driving seat there with that one. Uh, we'll see if that's true, but that's interesting. Like, that probably explains why he's, uh, why I, he's signed the, uh, the deal. I think you'll be able to, you know, wrestle for them virtually, as in potentially in a video game, but that's as far <laughs> as it goes. Not physically wrestle for them in reality now he, he will do he'll do big shows and then there'll be forbidden door but he'll be seen as like the aw wrestler who's coming in to wrestle these big matches in the same way that kenny omega did like this mm. year like that it feels like it, it they'll get him occasionally but it'll be very don't expect to see will osprey in a g1 or anything like that that's never that that's gone like it might mm. be the odd one big match and knowing will osprey he will never say no to that and he'll mm. feel like he absolutely owes him so he'll happily do it as well i mean we were talking about it, it's like whether or not he'll do the old rev pro show as well at the mm. same time like i mean whether that'll just be like anniversary shows and he'll come back and do that because he'll insist but then that makes it complicated particularly if he's going to be headlining at wembley that he can't really be wrestling at the at the um at the anniversary show the night before but will he make appearances in rev pro like i can i could see that being the case and New Japan will be much the same. It's just that he'll be in there for just like the big exhibition matches. So I could see him like losing to Shota Umino because that's a story they've mm. kind of built for a while. And the fact that you beat him, you know what I mean? It'll be that kind of stuff. But Tony will be restrictive on his dates as he kind of should mm. be. If you're paying him millions over what, how many years has he signed? Like, you know, we're talking at least three years. You know, you're thinking multi-year to yourself, deal, yeah. multi year deal. Which, you know, in wrestling terms could easily be 13 months, as I've speculated on more than one occasion, because it's technically multi-year. But I think for this, like, you know, he's not going to let him go a lot of the time. He's going to be working, particularly if he's going to be built up to be in world championship, like, contender pretty much straight away, which given the money and the prestige and everything else and the fact that they'll want him in place for Wembley positioned in that spot, like, Mm. you know, this is going to be a big... This is, you know, you'll only be able to do the odd time. Definitely. Well, uh, yeah, on the other AW note, uh, apparently uh, East West Express has been uh, trademarked by, uh, by AW. Uh, your boy, uh, your boy uh, Nick Wayne is uh, is not going to be the only uh, GCW uh, alum um, in, uh, in, in AW. Jordan, Jordan Oliver. Could you see him? <laughs> AW Matt, would you be excited for that? Oh my god, well, I don't mean, think AW needs any more. I mean, we weren't exactly doing somersaults of our Osprey coming in, JP. Uh, Jordan Oliver, <laughs> I I, I'm guessing it must be some kind of favor for them. It can't be real, it can't be a real thing that's uh, that's happening. And uh, that he's saying better to wrestler though, so he's probably gonna get a, get a shot in the go, isn't he? <laughs> they don't need uh, him at all unless he comes in and, and calls Christian Uncle Christian. 
or something along those he's lines. He's part of that group or he's a rampage regularly. Gonna be. Yeah, like if it's it's that, but then it's it's bringing him in in a kind of comedy role. I know he's gotten better. Like that much I'm very mm. much aware from like the kind of MLW days and, and the rest of mm. it. But the one thing that company does not need in any way, shape or form is more fucking wrestlers. <laughs> I honestly thought when he trademarked the name, maybe just like the name of the team, and he thought, well, we're not doing anything with Kanosuke Takeshita, so let's put him and Will Hobbs together for shits and giggles or something <laughs> like that, but in the laziest kind of way possible, and call them the East-West Connection. Like, you know, something fucking oh. requires zero effort on their part. Might easily be yeah, used for that. Well, there we go. Um, so, yeah, look forward to that. Saw them in uh, in, uh, in TNT in Liverpool. We're gonna, might get to see them uh, live yeah. in AEW uh, in and going forward. Although, as Jordan says, as uh, Ewan says in the chat, Jordan Oliver has improved. Um, he's not the, uh, yeah. the shit wrestler from that Mania weekend. He's a better version of himself. Can I mention one more AEW thing, Benno? Because I know you were speaking yeah. about it maybe last week. Is the Young Bucks are actually meant to be coming back, aren't they? As like this new these new characters with a, a stable of it called Cabana the Red, like there's going to be like a, a group when they come back. So that point BTE this week, I did have it on the, uh, oh, I've just made myself full screen, don't know how I did that. Um, and I'm on the screen, hello. Yeah. So <laughs> BTE this week was being the Dark Order instead. Oh. I, I, I tried to sit through it, I got two minutes in. <laughs> I can't watch this as well. Is it the same people except for the young book is like everyone else still on it? I'm watching it for a long Stop time. Like it. Is it just... Allegedly trying to get new characters involved. Um, oh, but yeah. Um, I don't know the sound of that. I'm sure they'll be back to it. I don't believe that they're actually done with it. Um, but we'll see. But uh, yeah, new characters apparently, Matt. You know, uh, you know, shave the red. JP was saying that. Like, what possibly could you do to. They have to do that. They have to, like, completely change, though. They can't just come back yeah. with, like, a new muzzy or, or a beard or. You've got to change the look. You'd be the, the wrestling gear. Everything about them's got to change for it to be like a hard reset, which it looks like it's going to be. But when I seen Demon called Cabana, I was like, really? Just, just come back on your own or so, you know? But anyway. Maybe think- uh, ROH era called Cabana. I'd take that. Like the uh, one who feels on the side. I don't think we're yeah. ever getting that, but it's the Brandon no. Cutler thing. It's just yeah. a hard no. Like immediately, it's like, if oh, we want him to be involved. That's what you go, no. No, why? Because he's not good enough. Do we need to have this conversation? I had this conversation with QT Marshall already, lads. And you know how that fucking Yeah, it's one for you, JP. Can I throw a question at you? Dan Housen or Brandon Cutler? Who's rather watch on telly? Oh. Brandon Cutler, because you just beat him and it'll be quick. Like Dan Housen <laughs> is, is just shit Housen. Like, I mean, and I can't. Uh, that's always what comes to mind. <laughs> How awful it is. On the same, uh, level he's as awful. Just he's never been. I said it in Ring of Honor when, and it was a reason that bloke was doing pay per view like like fucking pre shows beforehand. This is not a guy working at like some main event level. He was shit then. He is shit now. He's as funny as I don't know. Like I would have found Pee Wee Herman back in the day. <laughs> Where I sort of seen and gone, don't get this. I don't get this at all. But some people seem to be cheering it on. It's just awful. I'm scared Absolutely though. Absolutely awful. He's one of Punk's guys, and he said he could end up in WWE soon. So I'm petrified. Yeah, I'll quickly, Dak's gonna uh, punch out Tony Khan or something like that to get a to get back. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, Punk did get his breath referencing. Forgot to mention it on the promo that Hell's Frozen Over line. It's the same line Bret Hart opened with on his return in 2010 for the Shawn Michaels. It's the exact same line he hit. Yeah. So. 
he did get did he look dead behind the eyes too like he was there for the cash oh no that was just the wstw brett one we'll do that deep <laughs> one on, on punk not brett um yeah. but before we go I, I did want before we're done with the aw stuff kind of kind of linked in did want to make some time jp just to uh to mention um aw um joined uh a lot of other people um over the weekend and uh and paying tribute to absolute andy um who uh mm. obviously uh died over the weekend um you know classy move uh, from AEW to uh, to kind of uh, acknowledge somebody who, who never worked for them uh, in absolute Andy and just to say that uh, daughter with his, uh, his family and friends I uh, thought that was a, a very 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 nice moment um, obviously there's been a lot of of uh, tributes uh, across uh, across the internet since uh, since the BXW broke the news I've got to say like I was I was floored um, when the news came through people don't know the name um, absolute mm. Andy Um like he was somebody who, whenever we went to to Germany, like he was a ma- you know those those Germany weekends were very much built on you know yes work right you know we were over there to see the carrot tournaments it's a bad name now but we were there to see your David stars we were there to see you know whoever the big international stars were that they brought in on a given weekend and we had loads of great memories of seeing those wrestlers JP but like. I honestly, maybe we didn't even think it in the time, but it's definitely something that's aged well. And when I think back to those weekends, like I do remember, like a, a lot of it's like absolute Andy, like you know the obviously the atmosphere um, with the match with uh, with Bobby Guns is uh, is one that's definitely you know front of mind there with him. But just you know, and you know the uh, the the absolute Andy section. Uh, do you remember the uh, the, the two blokes in the, the top uh, top balcony were uh, cheering for him, and then uh, shouting at us all on our on our way out of the uh, the venue? Um, that was a that was a funny memory. They were right. A lot of like you know, a lot of maybe comedy moments uh, that we saw over the uh, the weekends uh, when we've been uh, out in uh, in Germany for uh, for WXW. But just like the biggest thing for me, what a fucking gigantic personality he always was on those weekends. Like it just bled from like that whole like you know dad style comedy slash you know hard-nosed heel you know world champion wrestler you know that he was there the first time like we went out there as well and you know obviously the the accomplishments are uh, are all listed there from uh, from wxw but like yeah what a what a gigantic personality what a character i can remember specifically being um you know the bowling tournaments that that we that would get run by the yeah. two series there was a time where I was on a lane with it with absolute Andy and Killer Kelly, and they had like matching bowling jackets, and he was just a fucking laugh riot through the entire thing. You know what I mean? It was just amazing to get to kind of share that and have that that moment with him. And yeah, obviously the the tributes of it come flooding through both from people like us who were on those weekends, obviously the other uh, German fans who've uh, been following his his entire career over in Germany, and all of the wrestlers and such as well. But you know, had to be mentioned. You know, to be we mentioned oh. earlier, fucking where they've been putting matches up on YouTube, uh, the Danielson match, a Hiroshi Tanahashi match, a Jeff Jarrett match, which I have to believe is like the best one. Like I can't, I can't imagine that not being a fucking laugh riot and just being hilarious. Uh, Love to see them two working together. Like the imagine the bells and whistles uh, on that one. Um, and yeah, that's the thing you hear from a lot of wrestlers is like when the international wrestlers were in Germany, that's who they wanted to wear because they knew they had the uh, the best time with them, but. Yeah, a really sad one, you know, absolutely, uh, you know, no age, not even 40. Oh. Um, and just, you know, really sad. Um, obviously, I had, had an illness, so it wasn't a, a surprise. But, yeah, seeing Gunther and other people like that make the tributes, JP, just a, an awful one. Absolute tragedy for this. And, you know, I, I, like you said, no age, like young family as well. It was like heartbreaking. But it was the thing. And I always think, Matty, uh, like you would have loved him. You would have loved seeing the run that we were kind of lucky enough to see 
him winning carrot and no one had predicted that he would win carrot that year and he did it as that big that big heel who was absolutely hated becoming wxw champion and mm. his entrance um when he that came music. down Damn the music oh it was oh you mean the one with awesome. the um when he was lowered the like, of like the forklift and he was lowered yeah. down in in there and he was just like as a him it was him versus bobby guns and he was like this mm. big star and honestly to god you'd have thought these two guys are the biggest stars in the world like you'd have completely gone with it as well and he was he was like a perfect kind of character wrestler just that he was their guy he was like an old school heel but he had that kind of comedy chops as well to be able to do it and frankly he had like he was he was a canny enough worker to have like good matches in there if he was having shit matches it wouldn't have gotten over and he was he was tremendous to watch and be able to see that kind of journey and yeah it's it's such a shame that he has gone and it's but it is lovely that he's thought of in such a good positive way and for those people who haven't seen it you know if you get a chance to i'd highly recommend that his match in the 16 current tournament in 2018 which is like kind of integral to our fandom and this show. Like he's a big, yeah. big part of it. it. Was like absolute Andy. I still have the veteran, veteran, veteran T-shirt here as well. And and you know, he was just an absolute like fucking cracking wrestler. I mean, I think even did we see the A14? Yeah, was it Marius Alani and he turned heel on him as yeah. just like fucking. It was it was like a wild run because it was like in a time of all these stars and these kind of internationally fated figures who came over to the UK. Here was this guy who was like their guy, the top guy, but he didn't go traveling around. You didn't see him work progress and rev pro. He was a mm. WXW guy. And he, yeah. you know, at that time I was watching bits of shotgun and you saw him delivering promos. Oh, on the mic. And he was what an absolute character on there as well. Mm-hmm. Really great. Like the amount of memes you see from that that are just him, like gifts of him and all of that. Like it's and obviously, you know, we we always parachuted in on WXW, you know, on those big weekends. There are people better places than us to know to talk, you know, Andy's impact on on WXW. I think people like you know, like Gunny and obviously people like uh, Mike Mike Gilby and Ian Ian Hamilton and their uh, Alf D. Presser podcast uh, via Back Body Drop that people should uh, definitely check out. I'm sure they'll have uh, thoughts to uh, to say about uh, Andy's career and in general. Uh, um, in record and yeah just one of the as Ewan says in the chat there one of the nicest guys as well and um, whenever you talk to them like I say that that memory for me that year was uh was massive as well and just past the furniture and it was always wrestlers like him that made those weekends we were there for you know the big indie weekend but you know it was always stuff like that in Bobby Guns you know obviously Walter Gunther and you know a lot those like those yeah, other yeah. characters those yeah Yen Simmons like all of those guys like but he was you know, gigantic part of it. So yeah, there's been lots of tributes well yeah. earned. And yeah, obviously if you ha- if you're not aware of him, um plenty of stuff going up on the WXW YouTube. Like I say, pay attention to people like Ian and, and Mike and the other people hosting tributes. Uh there's uh, there's lots to learn there. So yeah, really sad one. Yeah, incredibly tragic. Rest in peace, sweet prince. And he was a sweet prince. Great lad. Definitely. So yeah, there we go. Um that's the Sad note to uh, to end it on, but yeah, anything else to uh, to mention? I think we've uh, we've covered all the uh, all the news and everything. Don't think uh, anything else is uh, is broken while we've been recording. I've just I don't oh, think before so. we uh, we got to have we have ratings. ratings for Raw. I was going to say no Raw ratings tomorrow. 
tomorrow. Oh, okay. That's going to be one for the midweek news dump. Uh, exactly for the midweek news dump. So you'll you'll get you'll get to hear that tomorrow. So I'll, I'll uh, hopefully have that up a bit earlier tomorrow. So be, the dynamite preview might be a little bit more kind of relevant. I'm looking to kind of recorded that a little bit earlier tomorrow to get it out get it out of the way um and and get it in there so we'll go into loads and loads of ratings news for that and that's every week as well and then we finish off the week obviously with the weekend show which we never end up doing yeah. the plugs but we i love the weekend show no matter you've yeah. been on the weekend show a lot of times it's, it's brilliant probably our most popular it's show fun. on the patreon oh yeah great stuff mm-hmm. it is fun. so if you want to hear our thoughts on dynamite that's going to be definitely the the place to go to, as well as our pithy thoughts on on the seventeen matches that will be on Ring of Honor this week, which doesn't have any <laughs> doesn't have any champions anymore in there, but it has Ronda Rousey for reasons. <laughs> Chris Elliott says there in the chat, there in the live chat, and again, if you join us on the Patreon, you can join the live chat too if you're watching on the replay. But uh, we missed Sunny. We didn't really. We kind of alluded to it at the start. What else is there to say I about it? Tragic. Deserves you the know, time for what happened. seventeen years. And uh, with what she did, yeah. uh, it was that, a, you know, Hall of Fame to that is I know it's you know it's the WWE Hall of Fame, but she did look. We always say it, she looked great. She cleaned her act up, you know. And then you see stuff like the Chris Candido Dark Side of the Ring, and you see yeah. the endless news stories over the years. There's nothing nice to say about that situation, yeah. is it? It's just uh, she's ended up where probably based on the things she's done, she belongs. But it's it's still sad, you know. It's awful. Don't know if he's got anything to add on that. I just think. She- Sorry, go on, Matt, you first. No, no, JP, leave it to you, mate. She's a warning story for a lot of wrestling. Mm. That's what she's become. She's become a cautionary tale of what happens of when a lot of this stuff, frankly, kind of goes to her head. And, you you know, I was quite glad in a way, and we said this before, that rather than what Dark Side of the Ring with Chris Candido and focusing on his career was actually like kind of a better move for that show because Mm. the Tammy Sitch story is dark and incredibly depressing rather mm. like the china one as well and she seems like she's all over the place but considering she killed someone and she was over the limit like this is what happens this is why you do do not drink and drive so she is going to spend what is going to be probably like by the time she is released she's going to be an elderly she's she's going to be elderly at that point but it's deserved not a nice thing to say but yeah that's where that's where we are. What a bleak note to finish on. Well, I'm gonna just I'm just gonna cheer it up just before we go because I'm off to watch a bit of oh. new favorite wrestler now. Gonna watch Punk's greatest matches in the WWE. So I'm gonna watch Punk v His Jeff Hardy, home. Punk v John Cena, Punk vs Rey Mysterio. His WrestleMania match at Randy Orton. Let's have it, Phil. Let's have it. Straight at society, maybe throw some of that in. You know, um, I'm there. The Rey Mysterio stuff. It's all there, and yeah, it's just oh. I say just. I think we're gonna be like, Wait and see how it all unfolds, Ben. Best plug for next week. We'll just continue to psychoanalyze Phil. That's what we do here. Um, That's what we do. You know, figure out his Wilson as once, and yeah, the uh, the one thing I will say about all that, you know, I think the uh, that's how the, uh, the the even if the in ring uh, flatters to deceive, there's gonna be there's gonna be fun stories. Something will happen. Yeah, coming. He'll be able to. He'll himself, get pissed so. off. That's the, that's the benefit is he'll he'll end up cracking on TV or pretend he won't and then he'll go all Peter Finch and new network won't say he, that, and start please. kicking off. Do you think he'd do the job in that first match to Seth or is he coming in and winning the title? We haven't Probably even discussed does. that. <laughs> Don't you reckon? I reckon he'll job, yeah. Just to, it's when uh, Brock Lesnar come back for the big time and lost to Cena straight away as in you've got to do that and then we'll see, you know, just the testing of JP. And then he'll have the bollocks. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'll be putting Roman over, nailed on. That's coming. Uh, oh, yeah. So. I mean, we'll everyone's got to, Vettel. Come on, that's that's the way forward. <laughs> Tune in next week, as Chris says, for the uh, for the Grapfil uh, spotlight. Bill <laughs> 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 capitalizes. That's what we are. Well, there you go. That's it. Um, I think that's a great title week. as well, actually. I might add into the mixes there. Wait, I nailed that there. Perfect. But yeah, we will obviously uh, be back. Patreon uh, December uh, schedule is uh, is coming up. But yeah, in the meantime, folks, thank you for tuning in live, uh, patrons. Really, uh, always appreciate uh, the live patrons uh, sticking with us to uh, to this late hour. But yeah, thank you to uh, to all our patrons, specifically our kings of the mountain for another month. Carl Gack, Robert Brocky, Carl Laughlin, Eddie Sidebens, Chris Platt, and Simon Gordon. And special shout out to uh, to Simon Mulvaney as well, who's a uh, king of the mountain show. We uh, we did this month. But yeah, that's it for us for another show. We will catch you again next week. Bye. Ta-da. Good night, all. Night. Generals gathered in their masses Just like witches at black masses Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction in the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Oh, Lord, yeah.